0: Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? I'll learn that from the Nancy Drew detective. Okay, go. You think you can follow the clues and solve the case of the missing condiment, Nancy Drew? (laughs) Because i have read every Nancy Drew mystery ever written. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. Wow, you suck at this Nancy Drew stuff. You should get a new hobby. My name is Carson Drew, and this is my assistant, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. It's curtains for you, Miss Drew. Nancy Drew strikes again. A regular Nancy Drew.
1: So 51.
0: Yes, today we are covering arguably one of, like, or maybe even the most famous Nancy Drew story of all time. We were just talking about how it's probably the most adapted Nancy mm-hmm. Drew story of all time, but The Hidden Staircase.
1: Woo! 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 Yes. <laughs> I'm pumped. I love the story so mm-hmm. much. I think that, yeah, it's definitely one of the most, like, classic Nancy Drew stories and like the most like yeah just iconic like when Mm -hmm. I think about Nancy Drew I think about The Hidden Staircase and probably a lot of other people do as well even Mm -hmm. more so than The Old Clock because The Old Clock was just you know the first one in a series is always kind (laughs) of weird sometimes yeah (laughs) because they just haven't figured out exactly what they're doing yet like a pilot you know Mm -hmm. um so I consider Secret of the Old Clock to be the pilot of the Nancy Drew original series. And The
0: Hidden Staircase to be the one where they really figure it out. You with know what stride, I mean? Yeah. And that cover is just easily one of the most recognizable Nancy Drew covers right. ever, yeah. too. So. yeah,
1: Nancy on the staircase with the flashlight. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very, very good. Um, the only thing I think that's not iconic about this book is the lack of Bess and George. Bess and George, of course, oh, of aren't course. in the series yet. But I dig our friend Helen Corning. Oh, yeah. Of course. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. Um, a little bit, I can definitely see where some of the dynamic was like, oh, well, Helen's getting married and how that would kind of create some issues um, and why they chose to go a different route with uh, Nancy's friends and sidekicks, you know? Yes. Because um, they hit that
0: pretty hard. In this book. Oh, yes. And I'm interested to talk to you about that. I want to talk about Helen a lot. And I'd be really yeah. interested in seeing like a study of Helen's whole arc, her mm. whole timeline, her everything. So Yeah. Yes. yes. Love a good Helen Helen conversation. So.
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, yeah, overall, I really love this story. I think that oh, yeah. it's it's just really good. It's solid. It really kept me interested, despite the fact that as I was writing the summary, I was kind of like, wow, nothing's actually really happening. Um yeah. <laughs> but but I didn't feel that way when I was reading it. You know, I was like, Oh my gosh, oh. I was like actually like in suspense, which is almost such an odd <laughs> like feeling to have when i'm reading a nancy Drew book because Absolutely. i always feel like i know like okay i know what's happening like let's get there or whatever but i don't know if it's just that i hadn't read this story in such a long time or if it's just really a credit to uh mildred's writing um because it's just it's just good it's just good i don't know what i'll say about it sure
0: yeah <laughs> Well, speaking of Mildred, so the this, of course, was released at the same time as *Secret Little Clock*. Is the breeder set in 1930, and then it was revised in 1959. Um, you just read the revised text, right? Right. Yes, okay. that's the only one I have. Yeah. Gotcha. I, you I read did both. read both. <laughs> I did read both. Um, I have to say, I I liked the original text a lot more. Um, mm, there was really. Overall, the plot is generally the same, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about the differences in the plot after we do the summary. I think that would make sure. more sense. Um, but yeah. it's it's very different. Like Helen is barely in it. Um, wow. Yeah. So you can definitely tell what was Harriet's writing versus what was Mildred's writing, and the revised text definitely feels like it was like a thousand percent Harriet comparatively. That's so
1: yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. What a weird choice to add more Helen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. really, we we see Helen for like maybe two pages. We get um, we get well, we'll talk more about it sure. after the summary. But uh, does we she get like the go to at Twin the Elms by herself? She does.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And the
0: Turnbulls aren't related to Helen at all. Harry oh, okay. added, added that in. Yeah. So, all right. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah.
0: So okay. I, I felt like it made it a lot more darker spookier mm. Nancy was a lot more like strong independent character that right. we know that she was in the original text um yeah she was you know it's just this darker moodier Nancy's all alone yeah. in the dark tunnel it was I really liked yeah, it. I really really liked it
1: <laughs> because then she doesn't have it's not like she's staying with a f- friend and like family right. a friend of you know her mm-hmm. friend's family. She's all alone with these people that she right. doesn't know. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. Wow. Yeah, interesting.
1: Fascinating. Yeah. God, I love Nancy Drew.
0: Okay, I want I want you to go and read the original text <laughs> so that you can really see how how strong Mildred's writing is mm. in this one.
1: Okay, I can I mean, if if the revision was so good to me, I can only imagine. How excellent the original was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's exciting to think about. Have
0: to add that to my list. Oh, yeah. Let's see. What else do we want to talk about just in general? I guess we could talk about the cover. So there are Mm -hmm. three covers um, for this this that I've found. Yes. So that one, I think, is the same. Yeah, I have the same revised text Mm -hmm. cover. There is also. Actually, let me just grab them so you can see them. So this was the original text one.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. That looks familiar to me. God, what an iconic outfit. I know, right? Yeah, I've seen that one, too. I hate that one. Hate
0: it. Yeah, it's not as cute. Okay, yeah. So... But that image there, that's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, the original (laughs) 30s one is also Nancy on the staircase, it looks like, but she... and holding a flashlight, but she's wearing... Just just the most amazing 1930s outfit with, like, mm-hmm. this blue dress and this brown, like, overcoat that, like, sits, like, low on her waist and the little... What is that? A cloche hat or something?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's so pretty. God. It matches the dress,
1: obviously. Yes, of course it does. Of course with it does. With her little pumps. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm Excellent. Um, then the revised version that we both have is also Nancy on a staircase with a flashlight that has that is wearing like a blue outfit it is a skirt and top this time instead of a dress and and loafers instead of heels and her little titian haired 1950s bob it's very cute very classic and then the other one that you showed me that you have show that to to me again nancy looks much more marilyn monroe-y yes with her blonde curls and like shocked like expression on her face or whatever again also wearing blue I guess blue is Nancy's color, um, yeah. but on that cover, she's pointing into the secret passageway and presumably showing uh, Miss the Flora Turmbles. and Aunt Rosemary, yeah, the Turnbulls, the the secret passageway. So
0: so in the original, they were sisters, not mother-daughter,
1: mm, okay.
0: and they are Floretta and Rosemary, not Miss Flora.
1: Okay. So they changed the name mm.
0: for some reason, too, which is Why? weird, but Why? yeah, I don't know. What's wrong with Floretta? That's a beautiful name. Right, I don't know. Maybe. It just seems
1: like it just seems like sometimes with the revisions, it's like, why did you make this work for yourself?
0: Right. <laughs> okay. Three words. Oh, uh, hidden passageway. Yeah, this secret passageways. Like the secret trope. passageways galore.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, ghosts or ghost singular. Old time
0: um, mansions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, what could be better? Right. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you ready to get started? Very excited. All righty. So we start off, um, and immediately Nancy gets a phone call. Oh, just by the way, we'll be summarizing the revised version, because that's the version that we both read. But yes, Mm -hmm. as Corey said, at the end, we'll talk about the differences between the revised version and the original text. So the summary from here. Is the revised version. Yeah. Um, So Nancy gets a phone call from her friend. They also make a point to call her older, which is interesting. Her older friend, Helen Corning. um, And Helen tells us that her great aunt Rosemary, since being widowed, has lived at Twin Elms, an old mansion with her mother, Helen's great grandmother. And some strange things have been happening there. And Helen basically volunteered Nancy to help them. Um, She's like, oh, I have this friend. She solves mysteries. Let's call her. Um, after Nancy hangs up, someone rings their doorbell, and Hannah answers, and it's a man named Nathan Gomer asking if, or maybe Gomer, I don't know, Gomber, whatever, Gomer, <laughs> um, asking if Mr. Drew is home. He's not, and Hannah tells him that he's not here. But then Nathan sees Nancy and asks, hey, are you Nancy Drew? Um, he says that he's here to warn her and her father, tells her that Carson is in grave danger and that Carson was like brought in to do legal work for the railroad um, while they were buying some property here. And then a lot of folks who the railroad like bought out um, thinks that they were being cheated by the railroad. He also says that one of the property owners um, who like the railroad like bought from says that like they actually never signed a contract for sale. This guy's name is Willie Wharton. So he's kind of like the leader of this group of property owners in this dispute with the railroad. Um, And Nathan, Nathan Gomer, is actually his agent and the agent of several of the property owners. Um, And he tells Nancy that Willie refuses to sign another contract of sale um, or have his signature notarized on the original contract of sale until like he and the rest of the property owners can secure more money for their property from the railroad.
0: This felt very convoluted to me, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure I fully understood it or if it was just too complicated and I didn't. Yeah. yeah I, don't.
1: I think the thing is, is I think there's a lot of subtext in this one that I didn't really understand. And a lot of that had to do with the situation um, and mm. Nancy's like response to this situation, I thought was really interesting. And we can talk a little bit more about it later but you can tell that nancy is like immediately like just put off by this yeah and i think it's because she thinks that like it's kind of like money grubbing and wrong
0: um
1: but i was like this is not the kind of response that we'd have to this situation in 2023 like (laughs) you know what i mean it's like this big corporation coming to this small town buying up all these people's land and then to build a railroad Um, or something for the railroad, I guess. And then they're like dissatisfied with the amount that they were offered. And and Nancy is like annoyed by that. She's like, well, you shouldn't want more money.
0: Um, and it's just, it's just interesting. Um, I just, I didn't, so he, Willie Wharton, he like signed this thing, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't notarized. So the railroad company like can't prove it was notarized. And now Willie Wharton is saying, yes, that was my signature, but I'm not going to confirm officially that it was my signature until you give me more, more money, even though I've already signed for this other amount.
1: Yeah. Carson explains it a little bit more when we, when we talk to Carson about it. Um, so let's, let's get to that. Um. So, Nathan, so, yeah, so throughout it, Nathan is pretty insulting, too, and that's also why Nancy is, like, annoyed. He basically says that, like, Nancy isn't appreciative of his warning um, and isn't a good daughter for, like, <laughs> not taking the warning, which I agree is a little far. Um, and also, what does he expect Nancy to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Nancy also, like, questions his ethics in the situation because... He, he, it's like, are you're the one who's wanting these people to like, wait for more money so that you can get paid a higher commission. That's unethical kind of a thing because of course, Nancy is, you know, has to be our moral paragon here. Um, so she, so she takes exception to that. Um, uh, after he leaves, a little while later, Helen and her great aunt Rosemary show up, um, and Aunt Rosemary tells Nancy that she's been so frightened, um, and she's asked Miss Flora, her mother, um, to leave their home, Twin Elms, many times, but her mother, Miss Flora, doesn't want to. Um, but there have been like untrace—there's been untraceable music, weird thumping, creaking noises at night, and eerie shadows on the walls. Basically, Twin Elms is haunted AF. Um, And they've even told the police about this, but basically the police think that these older women, particularly Miss Flora, who's like 80 at this point, is just imagining it or potentially like, you know, uh, seeing things. Right. Rosemary almost believed that as well. She also thought her mother was maybe um, seeing things until she realized that they'd been robbed. Um, because during the night, just this last night, several pieces of their jewelry were taken, um, and they told the police about that too. But at this point, the police just aren't taking them seriously, thinking that they probably just misplaced the jewelry or whatever. Later, after they leave, Nancy explains the situation. Oh, no, sorry. So while they're there, Nancy explains the situation about her father to them, um, because she doesn't really feel comfortable like leaving Carson alone right now because she's worried about him based on what uh, Nathan said. Um, And so she'll let them know if and when she has time to come out to investigate. Um, And then when Carson gets home later that night, he explains the whole railroad situation. Yeah. So this, this is what I was talking about. So apparently the lawyer who originally secured Willie Wharton's signature was like really ill at the time. Um, And yeah, did not secure a witness to the signing of the deed originally um, and didn't have the document executed. And he died like two hours after Willie Wharton signed. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Can't blame the guy too much for his failing to do that. (laughs) Honestly,
1: um, can you imagine dying two hours like after? I can't, like, why Mm -hmm. are, don't work this? Why would you, why are you working? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) If you're that ill. And so ill that you're about to die. Man, this is capitalism. Mm. Anyway, okay.
0: Yeah. It but
1: is because, here. He <laughs> <ill>. yeah. <laughs> because he was ill. Yeah. Because he was ill and all of this stuff happened and, of course, he eventually died. The railroad didn't realize that the signature wasn't um, legit or, like, wasn't notarized or whatever until they had already started work on the property. So this is why Willie Wharton has a lot of leverage over this situation, because if his signature is not legitimate, the railroad is already start has already started work on his property. So basically he's owed money. Um, right. He's owed more money, uh, especially in that situation. The railroad is at fault. Um, so it's complicated. And that's why Carson is working on this. He's basically trying to find Wharton um, and he tells Nancy not to worry about it. He's like, you know, I am I think Wharton's in Chicago and I'm going to go try to find him. I do think that he'll consent to having his signature on the sale notarized and that this whole thing, this whole threat situation is an invention from Nathan Gomer to try to get a higher commission. Um, and also that Nathan is like a blowhard and and Carson's not actually in any real danger. Carson definitely... Blows the whole thing off,
0: yeah. basically. I think this is what confused me as well because Gaumer's yeah. making these threats, but Carson yeah. is like, for some reason, he knows he's in Chicago. We don't know yeah. why, but yeah, Wharton's like in hiding so that he can like wait out this thing with the railroad company. But he's Carson's also like, oh yeah, if I find him, he'll sign. He just is making it really hard <laughs> to find him because he doesn't want to sign. So why yeah. are you sure that he would sign? I don't know. It just seemed really weird to me, but.
1: Yeah, Carson definitely seems to have some information that we are just not privy to, um, right, which is yeah. interesting. And um, there's like just some context that we don't really understand. Um, but basically, he seems to think that no, Nathan is just like this money grubbing dude, and yeah. he came here just to scare you. Like it wasn't cool. Everything is gonna be fine. I think I know where Willie Warden is, so. It's going to be, it's going to be easy. You go investigate the Twin Elms case. So Nancy calls Helen and agrees to go over there Monday morning.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Nancy goes on a date. (laughs) This did not happen in the original either. Who, who the F is Dirk? Who is this man?
1: The most boring guy I think I have ever heard of. Dirk (laughs) Jackson is his name. And he's like a tennis player. Or something that she knew from high school. I'm like, why, why you not? With this guy. <laughs> this just seems like not not your thing. Anyway, um, and it's also like a double date, but they don't talk about who she goes on the double date with. It's bizarre.
0: Um, oh, it's just it would be inappropriate for her to go out with just just this guy course, alone. There's got to be other chaperones there. Exactly. Don't worry.
1: Also. I, I'm sure. I know this is. This must have been a thing. There just must have been like just dances just every freaking day, um, oh, evidently. Yeah. Just like sponsored by charities and like play a play and a dance. Like what? <laughs> when you're Nancy Drew, that's what you do for a date. <laughs> anyway, um, then she comes home. It's a liter. There's literally no point to that little interlude. She comes home, and then the next day she goes to church. Yeah. Also, weird, why is this here? Why are we talking about this? Whatever. Uh, she goes to church with Carson, and then after church, she and Carson drive down to the waterfront to look at the progress that's, like, being made um, by the railroad on Wharton's side of the Muskoka River. It's on the Muskoka yeah. River, yeah. by the way. Yeah, uh, Little uh, uh, Nancy Drew lore there. Yeah. Um, and so they walk down to the riverbank. Um, they're standing in front of a parked truck, and there's, like, tons of equipment all around them. I I don't know why they decided to come here and do this. They don't really say. I don't know what relevance it has. I guess they're just interested. Whatever. Um, and they're standing there, and they're talking about all the construction, when suddenly there's a noise behind Nancy, and the truck that was parked is now rolling towards them. There's no driver at the wheel. Um, And because of where they are, they're kind of like penned in. They have no choice but to dive into the water to avoid getting run over. Um, And, you know, they get really wet and really annoyed, but they're (laughs) uninjured. Um, Carson chalks this up to someone not putting the brake on the car, like a workplace accident, right? Um, But Nancy is not so sure. It was an accident because as they are about to head home, Nancy sees some footprints in the mud leading to where the truck was. And they aren't work boots. Um, They're like dress shoes. So maybe something like a businessman would wear. Um, So it it looks like somebody intentionally did this to try to hurt Carson and Nancy. Very interesting. Um, They go home and they eat dinner. Thanks, Hannah. Um, and the next day, Nancy drives Carson to the airport, and then she goes straight to pick up Helen um, to go stay at Twin Elms. Helen, This is where Helen tells us, very excitedly, that she's getting married to Jim Archer, um, who works for the Tristam Oil Company. Apparently he's been, like, overseas working or something, but he called her and proposed to her over the
0: phone last night. So romantic. <laughs> <laughs> what a phone call. He's going to be home in two say... months, but it couldn't wait. He had to propose now. He couldn't wait two months to see her so in person. So weird.
1: Um, yeah. Has okay. she, like, dated him? She says that they went on, like, a couple dates or something, but basically they've just been, like, pen pals for this time.
0: I had to go back and reread this cause I wanted to confirm because mm-hmm. she says like, do you remember that guy that I met a com- couple months ago while well, I'm getting married? And Nancy's like, Oh wait, are you saying you've been engaged for months and you haven't told right. me like implying that they got engaged right yeah. away. And she's like, Oh no, no, no It's over the phone <laughs> last night. And Nancy's just like, Oh, wonderful. Great. And yeah, it's, it mm. seems like it's been a very, very quick relationship, which <laughs> may have not been so uncommon at the time, especially yeah. for as they point out a 21 year old. Yeah,
1: yeah, and dating just wasn't really. I mean, like you would go out on dates, but you wouldn't like have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you dated and then you or you courted, right? And yeah. then you got married. That's right. it. So I think yeah, it was probably a much quicker process. But how terrifying! I know.
0: <laughs> Scared the for you, Helen.
1: <laughs> Scared for you. Um. Oh, yeah. So then they go to Twin Elms, um, and it's this beautiful old colonial mansion with, like, extensive grounds. Apparently, it's been in Helen's family since 1785. Um, They're greeted at Twin Elms by Aunt Rosemary and Miss Flora, um, and they tell Nancy that just before they arrived, a pearl necklace was stolen. So another theft. Um, Apparently, Miss Flora had removed it from its hiding place because I guess they hide jewelry. Interesting um, to look at the catch because she remembers that the last time that she wore it, there was something weird with the catch. So she was making sure that like the clasp on the the necklace wasn't broken. Um, And as she was like looking at it, she got called away um, by the gardener to go like discuss something. And then when she came back, the necklace was gone. Um, And they're telling Nancy that they keep all the doors and the windows locked on the first floor at all times. So they have no idea how this thief got in to take this necklace. Um, They talk about the layout of the house a little bit and how anyone would have to move around it to be unnoticed. Um, And then Nancy and Helen go um, to explore upstairs. And while they're upstairs, Nancy is struck by, like, this eerie feeling. She's like, what if the thief is still here? Like, maybe that's why no one has noticed because the thief has been here the whole time and has never left. Oh, yeah. it, this is this is the best, honestly. Like the tension in this scene is mm-hmm. just so excellent. Um, and so they're like sneaking around, and then oh, she sees actually there's like a large armoire in the corner. That could fit a person. Maybe there's maybe the thief is hiding in the armoire right now. And so she goes over and she flings the doors wide open, and nobody's there. But excellent mm. peak, <laughs> peak suspense, very good. Props.
0: Props. Yes. Yes. Um, So they decide to continue their search a little bit more. They don't find anything or any other clues. Nancy goes outside. No, no footprints on the ground or anything like that. Um, They continue exploring the grounds a little bit, and they come across this path that Helen explains leads to Riverview Manor. Um, So Riverview Manor, she says, is a duplicate of the Twin Elms Mansion. Um, Apparently, way back in the day, Twin Elms and Riverview were built by a pair of brothers um, who were like really, really close, and then something happened. They had this quarrel. They became lifelong enemies, um, and... I guess one of the brothers moved away or something, something happened. And so Riverview has been empty, sitting vacant this whole time while Twin Elms obviously has stayed in the Turnbull family. Um then they go in for lunch and while they're eating they hear music seemingly coming from the second floor. Mm. Um so Nancy runs upstairs and determines that it is the radio in Miss Flora's room must have turned on. Um Miss Flora swears that she didn't leave the radio on. Um Nancy even like she tests it to feel if it's warm to see if it has like been turned on recently. Um I thought that was kind of funny but um Obviously, it was on, though, which means someone snuck in here and turned it on and then managed to, I guess, turn it off while they were downstairs before Nancy could come back up. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Helen has the idea, oh, you know, maybe he's hiding up the chimney. So she goes and she opens the flume and it covers her in soot. (sighs) Um, So, yeah, Helen has to go clean up, but then they go check the attic and the cellar. Um, Also, no luck there either. Um, So now they have definitely, you know, they're like, there's absolutely a thief here in our midst. But, you know, why are they trying to to frighten uh, the Turnbulls? What is going on here? Why is this happening now? Um, So Nancy's kind of wondering about this when suddenly there is a knock on the door. Um, Aunt Rosemary says that it's probably just the man who's wanting to buy Twin Elms. And Miss Flora is like, yeah.
1: (laughs) What do you mean? Why didn't you tell me this before? Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, continue. Well, Miss Flora is like, you know, I don't want to see him because I don't want to sell, though. Um, Right. He's offering such a low price that it's really just – it's kind of insulting to us. We don't really want to hear him out anymore. Um, So they go downstairs, and who is at the door? It's Nathan Gomer.
1: Of course
0: it is. So he pushes his way in and is super rude to everyone. Um, He's like, you know – everyone in town knows this place is haunted. If you don't sell now, you'll never get a penny for the place. I'm, I'm being so generous to y'all even offering Mm -hmm. you anything for this house. So you better sell it to me now because, um, you know, there's just no chance of you selling it to anyone else. And if you stay here, you won't be able to afford the upkeep and blah, blah, blah. And he's just making all these weird threats. Um, he also gives this like really bizarre sob story about how, his his family were like poor poor folks in europe and then his parents came over here and his whole life he'd always wanted to buy a nice colonial home so he could feel like a real american enjoying real american traditions and the colonial home we have to talk about this later I have so much to say about this it is so weird <laughs> and miss flora is it's like clearly it's a fake story but miss flora right. is like oh you poor pathetic yeah. thing you just want to be in this colonial home and mm-hmm. I think they even, is this where they ask about Riverview? And he's like, no, nah, Riverview, I can't buy Riverview yeah. because it's just too too much right. in disrepair. It would cost me too much to fix up where this place right. isn't as is bad, so that's why I want this house. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, Aunt Rosemary kicks him out, and they're like, no, we're not signing anything. Get out of here. Um, so he leaves, and Nancy looks out the window to see which way he's going, like in his car. And she realizes, oh, he didn't drive here. He's just, like, walking. He's just walking hmm. up the driveway, all right? Very bizarre because we're like, I'll say we're in um, yeah. Cliff, Cliffwood. Is that the name of the town? We're not in River Heights. I don't know, we but are... we're like out in the country-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just from the like context clues that we're given about like Carson's trip to Chicago and the drive mm-hmm. from River Heights to Cliffwood, I get the feeling that River Heights, again, is. Uh, we know it's a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. And I think Cliffwood is even further out mm-hmm. than that. Um, yeah. Which... Um, I will say as well, this is a total side note, but um we're we're told that the house was built prior to seventeen eighty five is yes, that right This is also what I want to talk about, Corey. Chicago wasn't even founded, not even incorporated, but wasn't even founded until seventeen eighty so how many large like large colonial mansions are being built like a good 2 3 hours outside of the outskirts of Chicago? Like if you're going to no build a, a large mansion, it would be in like an up and coming city, I feel like. You wouldn't be like, "Oh, let me go to where where's going to be a suburb in 200 years," you know? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> it's just I don't mm-hmm. know, it just felt very bizarre. I definitely feel like a lot of the times
1: in Nancy Drew, it's, the setting is very, very confusing because it seems like it really wants to be on the East Coast. Yeah. But it's not. It's like not. you definitely set this in the Midwest. So figure that out. But I think it's because uh, Mildred Bert Benson is from the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. But Harriet Strademeyer is from the Northeast. Right. So I think there's, mm. there's, there's like some kind of conflict between what Harriet Stradmeyer wants for the plot and the setting, yeah, or the Strademeyer syndicate in general, and between what Mildred actually writes. So, anyway, so
0: I think that anyway. this was something Harriet changed from the original Ooh. and just didn't, um, it just didn't work as well as maybe she wanted it to like it just wasn't yeah. as flushed out of as an idea um, because sense. in the original text it's still it's two brothers that built the two matching houses which uh-huh. also, also another side note they're not named twin elms and um oh. riverside it's just they just they just refer to it as the mansion and then the place next door I can't remember what they call it, but they don't really have, like, these formal names in the original text. Um, but it, it's still two brothers that built the houses, and then their big conflict was the Civil War. So one yeah. brother joined okay. the Union, one brother joined the Confederacy, and the Civil War was the falling out that they had. That makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: because, too, I wanted to talk about that as well. They talk about servants' quarters.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And if we know anything... <laughs> about oh, there's, the yeah. coded language in this in books like this it's slave quarters it's Former the 1780s and yes,
0: we're talking about our servants that lived there
1: yeah i mean yeah I mean, like seriously I have a lot more to say about
0: this later as well. Okay. Yeah. We'll put a pin in it. We'll yeah, come back. We will. Okay. Okay. So, sorry. Back to the story here. So, <laughs> he tells us this pathetic story about wanting to be an American in his colonial home. Aunt Rosemary kicks him out. Um, Nancy realizes that he, um, he walked instead of drove, which is very strange considering that the nearest town is, like, easily at right. like 20 miles or something, you know? So, where is he going that he's within walking distance? Um, so they go and they sit back down in the foyer and they're all kind of talking about what just happened. And they notice that the chandelier has started swinging wildly back and forth, um, like just in, in the ceiling of where they're at. Um, nothing okay. else in the room is, you know, swinging and nothing else <gasps> is, is off or anything.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <I> freaked out. <laughs>
0: spooky, it is kind of it's spooky, Corey. It, it is really freaky. Um, so Nancy's like, oh. Obviously, someone is just in the room yeah. right above us. I think they say it's Miss Flora's bedroom is the room right above where they are where they are right now. She's like, clearly, someone's just in there. They're walking around up there, and that's what's causing the chandelier to swing. So she runs upstairs, um, and just when she reaches reaches the top of the stairs, she swears that she can hear a door closing, but she doesn't see anyone. She doesn't yeah. find anything very strange so the other three uh the other three ladies have followed nancy up the stairs and so they kind of talk about it and she's like you know what helen you go back downstairs i'm gonna like jump up and down in the center of the room in miss flora's bedroom you go downstairs and tell me if it makes the chandelier swing and we can confirm our theory that yes someone walking in here definitely could have made that happen um so as soon as helen gets downstairs nancy starts jumping up and down and she's like is it working, Helen? You know, she calls out to her and then Helen just lets out a piercing scream. (laughs) Sorry, this one's very funny to me. It is, it is. is. So they (laughs) race back downstairs and Helen is like almost passed out on the sofa and they're like, Helen, what's wrong? What happened? And she's like, there's a gorilla face outside the window. (laughs) And they're like, wait, what? And she's like, no, seriously, looking out that window just now, I saw the face of a gorilla looking at me, and it was so horrible and grotesque. (laughs) And so Nancy's like, oh, my gosh, I got to go check this out. So she runs outside. She goes around the side of the house to where that window is. Um, She starts, like, looking around everywhere. She sees nothing off, nothing that looks off. She's, like, um, looking for footprints. There's nothing. She just she's like there's no logical explanation for what just happened um but i'm sure we'll find we'll find the mm-hmm. solution something must be able to explain this we just don't know what that was that was just so Isn't weird a,
1: it's the ghost of a gorilla hunting twin elves <laughs> evidently so why a gorilla we have oh to talk about gosh, this later yes, to... i know <laughs>
0: So all of this has just been too much for Miss Flora. So she decides to go upstairs to have a nap. Um, she actually goes to Aunt Rosemary's room to lay down so that everyone else can continue their chandelier experiments in her room. Um, they d- do determine that it works. If you jump up and down and walk around in the room enough downstairs, you can see the, the chandelier swaying, which how have they not noticed this before? Like, surely Aunt Rosemary's been in the foyer while uh miss flora's been in her own well, room and like, i don't think it's
1: just walking around i think nancy does like a very particular like swaying from side to side right oh, above okay. where the chandelier
0: is so that not something you might just do right. anyway exactly in, in life okay yeah okay that makes more sense yeah so but wait though does that mean that we have two ghosts though because mm-hmm. You know, how could someone be standing with the gorilla face in the window and also be making the chandelier sway upstairs? Mm, something's off here, right? Yup. So, wait, hold on. Maybe it is maybe it is one just one ghost instead of oh, two right. because maybe there are secret passageways in this right. house that could possibly explain this that's Nancy's um, theory yeah yes so she starts kind of mulling over this theory a little bit and she's like you know what i got to search for these passageways you know maybe um like you said there's all these outbuildings kind of on the property maybe there's a passageway that like leads out to them, so we're gonna go look for them after we wash up from lunch. We have to do our <laughs> chores first. We we make a big show of oh yeah every meal, every chore oh, yeah. that we do, um every outfit that they put on. They're just they just make a big show of all this stuff. So uh-huh. it's fascinating. Yes, it it really is. Um, <coughs> and so after they finish that, they look around on the second floor. They look everywhere that could even possibly look like it could open up a secret entrance to a secret passageway, but they have no luck. So it's dinner time now. So we go and we eat dinner, uh, at which time Carson calls us. And he tells us that we, he hasn't been able to locate Willie Wharton in Chicago, but now we actually think that he might be in another city. Um, but he's coming home soon. And he says, I'm, I promise I'm going to stop by Twin Elms. Like whenever I get back, I'll come straight there, um, And Nancy's like, oh, that's wonderful, because I could really use your opinion on this mystery. I would definitely love your help. Um, So, you know, we'll see you soon. And she starts telling him a little bit more about the things that have been happening since she got there. And then suddenly she hears the ghostly music uh, playing from upstairs again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) So Nancy runs upstairs. Uh, By the time she gets there, again, the music has mysteriously stopped. Doesn't appear to have come from either of the radios upstairs, though, this time. Weird. Where did it come from? So, but Nancy is, like, 100% sure at this point that there is an intruder in this home that is messing with them. Um, But, like, at this point, it's nighttime, and Nancy is, like, super ooked out by the idea of, like, going to sleep when there's, like, someone creeping around the house. Which, Wouldn't you be? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like staked out in the living room, man. Right. You could not. I would not close my eyes in that house.
0: Um, Isn't that eventually what they what they do as well? <laughs> Nancy of. and Helen are like, let's get our blankets and go sleep in the living room.
1: But well. at this point, Nancy decides to call the police herself, and she asks them to post an officer on the grounds at night to patrol, like patrol the grounds, I to love hopefully this. like. Pr- prevent someone coming in and they just they're like yeah
0: yeah we'll do that sure i love this so much because the police have come and looked around and they're like oh this is just an 80 year old woman hallucinating and then nancy drew calls and they're like yes ma'am and he he, will send an officer out right away and he will be back as many nights in a row as you want him
1: yeah (laughs) definitely but also like this isn't even the river heights police department because they're in another like
0: town right now this is another Mm -hmm.
1: town's like police department so We ran into this problem before, but it's literally any cop anywhere. The moment Nancy Drew says jump, they're like, yes, Miss Drew, how high? Um, (laughs) I I just, this is not a part of normal policing. I don't think, I mean, maybe something was different in the 1950s, but I cannot imagine a scenario in which police would be like, yeah, well, just, you know, come to your house at night every day for as long as you want us to to patrol. for no money like what what um anyway okay they go to bed um and nancy is awoken by the sound of something around midnight she can't tell what woke her up um so she gets up to go look out the window and then she sees a shadowy figure darting in between the bushes she's like was that the police man maybe it was you know the police um and then suddenly miss flora shouts And runs over and starts banging on Nancy's door. And, of course, this wakes up everybody in the house. Um, And Miss Flora leads them all into her room, where she shows them two glowing eyes staring at her. So Nancy turns on the light. Turns out an owl has somehow gotten into this room and perched itself on top of a painting on the wall. Um, Miss Flora's fireplace flue is closed, so how the heck did this owl get into her room? Nancy, of course, figures, well, the ghost must have let this owl in somehow. Obviously. Why? I'm sorry. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> this, I just, we, we'll have to talk about this later as well. Whatever. So, uh, Miss Floor goes to sleep in Rosemary's room with Rosemary and Nancy and Helen carefully remove the owl, very skillfully, by the way. There's no running around the room and screaming as it would is it would happen if i were trying to remove an owl from a bedroom but they get the owl out and lock uh miss flora's door so that if the ghost thief is somehow able to access miss flora's room while the door is shut and locked and everything they won't um be able to get out to the rest of the house right right that's pretty wishful smart. thinking wishful yeah. thinking it is Yeah. Um, <laughs> then nancy has the genius idea of going skulking around the grounds at night to try to find that shadowy figure literally it's midnight right now maybe even like 1 a.m at this point also there's a police on guard outside so this is just an excellent idea all around um so she goes out to do that and of course she's instantly caught uh by the police guard um but that kind of seems like it may have been her goal to see like if he was any good, if he would catch her, or if she could like recreate the like path of the ghost thief somehow, whatever. Um, but still, like when he catches her, his hand flies to like his gun. He could have he could have shot her. Like yeah. Nancy Drew. Jesus, what an idiot. Sorry. Okay. Um She talks to the cop, and he introduces himself as Tom Patrick, um, and he tells Nancy that the figure she saw was probably him. Okay, great. Um, Thanks so much. He tells us he's been patrolling all night, and he doesn't see how a figure could have entered Twin Elms without him seeing it. Um, Nancy explains her theory to him about there being a secret passageway that might lead from an outbuilding or something into the mansion, Um, and... Tom Patrick tells us he'll keep patrolling around to see if he sees anything. And if he does, he'll throw a rock at Nancy's window to let her know. Um, so Nancy just goes back to sleep. Um, the next morning, Nancy and Helen go to explore the outbuildings to try to find this secret passageway. They search the old ice house, smoke house, and the quote-unquote servants' quarters um, and find nothing. Um... In the last outbuilding, the carriage house, Helen like falls through rotten rotten floorboards in the floor and falls through a hole. Um, she's okay. Nancy at first thinks, hey, we found the secret passageway, but we definitely haven't. It's just rotted out floorboards. Yep. Um, um, but at this point, Helen's like, I'm done. Let's go get lunch. Um, and they eat. Then after they eat lunch, they explore the cellar again. Still, no dice, no luck yeah. this is this is what I'm talking about in this book. It's like how many times are we gonna search for a secret passageway, and how many times are we not gonna find it because wow, um anyway, that night, Nancy talks to everybody about how she's excited for Carson to come the next day um but then she gets a phone call from Hannah saying that her father actually wired Hannah um to say that he's been delayed in Chicago. He didn't say why, um, but they assume that he's, you know, on Willie Wharton's trail somehow. Until um, Nancy tell or Hannah tells Nancy that she heard that Willie Wharton was actually seen by the river in River Heights just a couple of days ago. Um, turns out that the postman heard this from someone else and told Hannah. So it could be a mistake, I guess. But this gets Nancy worried about Carson, um, because, like, what would delay him in Chicago if Willie Wharton was supposedly here? And he also wired instead of telephoning like he usually would. So what if that wasn't actually him that sent the wire at all? And what if someone is actually holding him captive?
0: Hmm. <laughs>
1: frightening um but at this point there's not a whole lot nancy can do um because of course she doesn't know where carson is um and she hasn't really you know she doesn't know how to contact him right so helen and everyone just decide to take nancy upstairs to the attic to like try on a bunch of old like dance costumes in a trunk and they like play some music and dance <laughs> there had to be a nancy dressing up scene There had of course to be. Of course. Um, so they're like wearing these old timey costumes, I guess. I don't know what they mean by old timey, but, uh, oh, some kind of costumes. Um, and they go downstairs to, to dance. Um, when suddenly there is a shout from outside. Um, it's the police officer. He seems to have caught someone, um, and so they all run outside, and it's this man, and he claims that he's just a neighbor taking a shortcut home. He swears he he's never broken into this house or whatever. He's just, you know, cutting across their property. Um, and after some telephone calls, they confirm his story. Um, it's a really funny scene, though, because they're, like, awkwardly wearing these, like, costumes. Um, and he's the, the man who's, like, you know, cut across their yard or whatever is... <laughs> like, very weirded out by, like, what's going on. Um, but whatever. It gets resolved, and then they go to bed. Um, but just as Nancy is drifting off, she remembers that the paneling behind the trunk with the costumes looked different than the rest of the paneling in the attic. So she thinks there could be a secret passageway there, and she resolves to check it out tomorrow morning.
0: So they get up the next morning, and Nancy tells Helen about her plan to search for the secret passageway, but she's like, you know, I don't want to upset Flora and Rosemary too much anymore, so they suggest that they go outside for the morning. It's a nice day. Go spend your time out in the garden. We are going to be in here. We're going to clean up this morning. Um, You guys go rest. Don't worry about it. So they clean up for like half an hour. They... It's this weird thing where they're like, if we just spend half an hour of our time, we could have this whole place spotless. Um, So they do. (laughs) I don't know why they had to make such a big deal of it, because it didn't seem that important to the plot. But whatever. They go upstairs, Nancy and Helen. They go check out the attic. Um, They manage to figure out. They have this funny little scene of them like testing every single stair. Um, on the staircase leading up to the attic, just in case for whatever, because the obviously it's an old house, the stairs creak really bad. They're like, just in case you know the bad guy comes and we need to move throughout the house very quickly and quietly. Let's figure out how we can ascend these steps without making any noise. <laughs> um, so they have this funny little scene of them like hopping up the steps and like, okay, step on the right of this step and then skip step twelve and then on the left of step thirteen and um, yeah. So they figure this out and then they go into the actual attic and they start messing around on the wall behind the trunk and it doesn't seem like it's hollow and they can't really find a space um like behind this panel uh, let me explain this better <laughs> helen goes and gets a screwdriver and they're like sticking it through the cracks in the panel and they're trying to like see if they can maybe like pry it off or see if there's anything behind it but the whenever they put the screwdriver through the cracks there's just like solid wall behind that and so oh, like God. oh maybe it's just like You know, just it's attached to the wall, weird. It's not actually a hollow space behind the wall so kind of a, a dud they don't really find much and helen goes outside now because she is expecting a letter <laughs> in the mail from jim um and nancy now realizes because they like make a big show of helen talking about like let's go downstairs and check the mail so mm-hmm. helen goes downstairs but nancy's still in the house by herself because everybody else is out in the garden now so she decides you know maybe maybe i can convince this ghost that the coast is clear so she like settles down and like gets really quiet just to see if the ghost will reveal himself and she does start to hear like really strange creaks like coming from the staircase and she's like oh maybe it's the staircase like coming up to the attic but it doesn't sound like it's coming from that direction it sounds like it's coming from behind the wall um mm. yeah um but even you know she's even like sneaking around the attic a little bit more she just can't seem to find can't seem to find this ghost. She can't seem to find where the noises are coming from exactly. um So she starts to have this hunch that maybe some things have been stolen this way through the the passageway in the in the walls. And she calls Helen inside to start lunch. um and She's just like saying this so that the ghost can hear that they're going downstairs to the kitchen. But then they start looking through the values valuables to see if anything was taken. So like the silver in the kitchen or anything like that. Sure enough some silverware is missing and actually some food is missing too from their pantry, Mm. which is kind of weird. I think some milk is missing and some eggs and bread and stuff like that. Um, So Nancy kind of gets this idea that, okay, now I'm pretty sure that somebody has been listening to our conversations this whole time. So she starts writing notes to Helen just in case somebody is listening right now. Um, And she's like, you know what, let's, let's like make it seem like we're just going to have a normal evening. Let's discuss our plans to go to bed very loudly. So the ghost Mm -hmm. thinks that we are going to bed. Um, But then we're actually going to go downstairs and like hide in the living room and, around midnight and see if he comes out and we'll try to catch the ghost uh, so they do this they make a big show about pretending to go to bed they head downstairs after they think that like it's the house is dark and quiet and they think the coast is clear um nancy waits in the kitchen actually and helen's waiting in the living room um and they also have this plan that if either of them sees anything they're going to run to the front door and then like shout outside for the police officer and then hopefully he'll come running um so they're they're doing this they're like waiting very silently in the quiet and it, like minutes go by and everything is just dead silent and all of a sudden Helen starts screaming for the police. She's at the front door. She's yelling out the front door. So Ooh. police officer ru- comes running into the house and Helen tells tells them that she saw the sofa in the living room move. Um, she didn't see any person, but she definitely saw the sofa move. Um Gosh, so Nancy it, Helen. I know, I know. <laughs> Helen, come on. <laughs> <sighs> um, so Nancy and the, the police officer start investigating all around the couch, all around the living room. Um, they move the couch even to see if there there's like a trap door underneath it or anything like that, but they don't find anything. Um, so the cop goes back outside to patrol and Nancy and Helen, um, they're like, you know what, after all this, the all, after all this commotion, the ghost definitely isn't coming back tonight. So they go back to bed. Um, they wake up the next morning though. And Nancy finds that actually she was wrong about that. A lot more food was stolen um, during the night from the kitchen. So clearly the ghost did come back that <laughs> night. <laughs> um and she so frustrating (laughs) but she but she's like with like motions to Helen like don't say anything because we can still try the same strategy again like tomorrow night or something we can still Mm -hmm. use it because our cover hasn't been blown so uh then nancy gets a phone call from hannah and hannah's like can i talk to carson please and nancy's like wait what do you mean he's not here remember and hannah's like No, no, no. Right after we got that telegram the other day, Carson called me and he said that he was going to meet you there on Wednesday. And it's Wednesday and Nancy's like, well, what are you talking about? He's not here. Um, So now Nancy is like very sure that the telegram was a hoax to stop uh, Carson from ever reaching Nancy. Um, Now she's like scared. She's thinking... Well, was he paranoid? Was the telegram sent so that Nancy wouldn't be suspicious that something was going on? But really, he's been missing this whole time. Um, so she starts making a few calls around to try to figure out where Carson might be. She calls the hotel where she knew he was staying in Chicago. Um, they confirmed that he left on Tuesday morning and was planning to take the sleeper train overnight to River Heights so that he could meet Nancy first thing Wednesday morning. Um, she, I think she also calls the law firm from the railroad and mm-hmm. tries to see if... He's been in contact with them and they say that he hasn't been. Um, So she drives down to the train station and she asks everybody around that she can find, but everyone claims that they haven't seen him. Um, She calls the police and tells them the whole story about the threats against Carson. And now that supposedly he's missing and the police say that they will start investigating right away um nancy while she's like trying to ask people about this a woman approaches nancy and says like oh i heard you talking on the phone um i'm pretty sure i saw your dad yesterday and i'm pretty sure that i saw him get into that man's cab right over there i guess there's like a train arriving soon um so there's like a line of cabs waiting at the train station to take people who have just arrived um and nancy has like already spoken to that person and he said like no i don't recognize your father whatever and now that this woman has said that guy definitely saw your dad yesterday she's like oh why is he lying like what mm-hmm. what is going on here because clearly he is lying about it but we just don't know the reason um so she goes over to the cab driver and is like or the the woman goes over and was like you told this girl that you hadn't seen seen her father but i saw him yesterday with you what's that about and he's like He gets really, like, weird and, like, scared acting. And Nancy's like, so has someone been threatening you? Or, like, who is telling you to keep quiet? Like, what's going on? And he's like, well, since you guessed, I'll go ahead and tell you. Um, Yes, I did uh, pick up your father yesterday from the train station. He asked me to drive him to Twin Elms. Um, And then as we're, like, leaving, some other guys – came and like ran and flagged down the cab and they were like oh we're going in that direction too can we just like get in the car with you and so the cab driver lets them do that and then a few minutes later they start yelling at him to stop the car because Carson has gone unconscious Um <sighs> so they, they get him out of the cab and like I guess just on the side of the road to like look him okay. over and see if he's okay Um and the cab driver's like no, 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 let's not stop. Like, I'll just, I'll, I'll drop you guys here and then I'll take him to the hospital. Um, and then another car like drives up behind the taxi and some guys get out and are like, no, 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 we will take him to the hospital. Let him, let us have him. Um, and so the cab driver kind of tries to protest and they're like, no, if you tell anyone that you saw us or this man, something is going to happen to your children. Um we would hate to know what what goes on with your children if you say anything. So he gets so scared that he lets them take Carson and he leaves. Um but yeah, now we're pretty sure that Carson was like drugged and these men obviously kidnapped him. The guys in the oh, other car.
1: Oh.
0: Horrifying. Yeah. Very, very scary. So Nancy starts calling all the hospitals in the surrounding area just to make make sure Carson isn't actually in the hospital. But he's not. Clearly, they didn't actually take him to the hospital like they said they were going to. Um, so she calls the police and gives the description of the men that the cab driver gave to her. She tells them their description, um, and at this point, she's kind of at a loss for what to do. So she calls Hannah and tells her everything that she just learned. Um, Hannah suggests that she leaves it up to the police and that she should just like. Leave it with the police, but then call those other lawyers that, you, that your dad was working with and just let them know what's going on. Um, so she does that. Um, but the lawyers at the law firm, the, uh, the whoever, whatever law firm is working for the railroad, those lawyers are currently out for lunch. And so Nancy is just kind of in town right now. I guess she drove into town to go to the police mm-hmm. headquarters. Oh no, she drove into town to, to go to the, the, the train, train station. station yeah. Um, and so while she's waiting, she um she goes and gets lunch, and she calls, and they're back at the office, and she asks them to call her at Twin Elms if they learn anything. So she heads back to Twin Elms, and she decides to drive around the estate to see if she can like see anywhere that might be, um, like an entrance to like an old grassed-over hill, like anywhere that might be a concealed secret passageway opening um she sees this hill that she thinks might be like an old aqueduct or something like that that's just been grown over by now um so she gets out and she sees a cave in the side of it Um, And as she approaches the cave, she sees this old newspaper, like, rolling around on the ground outside. Um, So she's like, well, obviously someone has been here recently. She sees that it's actually a copy of the River Heights Gazette. um, And when she opens up the newspaper, she sees the page of the classified ads. And, like, an ad has clearly been cut out of the center of the paper. Um, So who is interested in both River Heights and whatever is in this, like, missing classified ad? Hmm. And also she notices that the paper is yesterday's paper. So someone has been here very, very recently. Um, And Nancy, like, starts to have this thought as she's, like, standing in this cave opening, like, reading this newspaper. She's like, maybe who left this here is... Still inside the cave, and yeah. maybe this is even where they're holding Carson. So she's like, Do I want to go in? Do I dare? Could they grab me too if I like got too far into this cave? So she like goes in and she's like, Okay, I'm five feet in. Okay, I'm ten feet in, still nothing. Mm-hmm. She has to get her flashlight out, and she's like, Okay, 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 still nothing, okay. And there's the wall of the cave. So <laughs> it's just this cave. It's there's nothing in there. <laughs> uh, but it is a very spooky scene. Uh, yeah. I know. But then she um Okay, so when we get the description of the kidnappers, we learn that one of them has a crinkly ear. Mm-hmm. Is this just cauliflower ear? Is that I'm assuming, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so she's leaving the cave and she's heading back to the car now and she sees she sees a man standing by her car and he has this what they describe as the crinkly ear. And so she's like, "Well, that obviously matches the description of Dad's kidnapper. I got to go get him." <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Oh. Yes.
1: So she, yes. So he's like examining her car, but he, and she comes out of this cave. Um and starts to like approach him, but he hears her um and takes off running. So Nancy, of course, you know, runs straight after him. Um but he's faster and has a head start, so he gets into a parked car near the highway and takes off. Really surprised at this point that um Nancy doesn't just jump in her car and follow him, but I thought the same thing. I was like, Nancy, give me that high-speed chase.
0: It's probably 40 miles an hour, but still.
1: Right. Um, So Nancy goes back to Twin Elms to report this to the police as well and ask for any news. But, of course, they don't have any yet. Um, Nancy then calls Hannah um, and is going to ask her to try to find that copy of the River Heights Gazette so that she can figure out what classified ad was clipped. Um, But then suddenly, this is the most bizarre scene, I think, in the whole book aside from the gorilla mask. Um, suddenly they hear this cracking noise or she hears this cracking noise. Um, and Helen comes out of the kitchen and shouts at Nancy to look out, um, as the ceiling of the hall comes crashing down on top of them. Um, they are knocked to the floor, um, and covered in plaster. Helen sustaining a huge bump to the head. And Nancy is now unconscious. Mm. Um, aunt rosemary and miss flora come running to the girls um and nancy does reawaken pretty quickly um but they're of course a mess covered in plaster they go into the library to get away from all the dust um and nancy tells them oh no i'm fine don't don't call a doctor (laughs) why would we do that nancy you're unconscious okay (laughs) um uh, Miss Flora asks if the ghost is responsible for this accident, but Rosemary reminds her that there was a leak in the hall from the last storm um, that soaked the whole ceiling, and so it probably was just, <laughs> just, just water damage got that Ew. caught it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so they just clean it up, um, and that's that. Uh, Hannah does call back, worried because, of course, the phone call was abruptly cut off. Um, and Nancy explains what happened to her and then asks her to look in the paper, Hannah finds the paper and tells Nancy that the ad that seems to be missing from the paper that she found uh, was one for Aiken's used car dealership. Um, And she Mm. gives Nancy the address to this. Um, And with that info, Nancy decides to go into town to tell the police, not wanting to risk a phone call that the ghost could overhear. Um, So she goes to the police station, and they're, of course, super appreciative um, and impressed with her clue-finding ability, and they just immediately send some officers down to the used car dealership to check it out. Um, They also tell Nancy—oh, so the men then come back, and they tell Nancy that the day before yesterday, a man named Samuel Greenman came and bought a car at that used car dealership, um, and he matches the description of one of her father's kidnappers unfortunately they can't seem to locate him as his neighbors say he's been out of town for some time um but they also say that he's a person of questionable character mm. um i don't know what that's supposed to mean right um and he's wanted on robbery charges okay um so while she's talking to the police, um, Helen actually calls the police station where Nancy is and tells and, like, asks to speak to Nancy. Um, and then she tells Nancy that something dreadful has happened and she needs to return to Twin Elms. So Nancy leaves the police station and rushes back over to Twin Elms as fast as the law allowed um, and finds that the doc- there's a doctor there. Um, And Helen tells Nancy that Miss Flora has suddenly been taken very ill. She may have just had a heart attack. Um, And the doctor actually wants to take her to the hospital, but Miss Flora refuses to leave Twin Elms. Um, Mm. Helen explains what happened to Nancy. She says that they were in the kitchen cooking something special for Nancy to, like, cheer her up because she's been upset about Carson, obviously when Miss Flora suddenly became super tired and started to go upstairs to, like, uh, rest. Um, But halfway up the stairs, she turned to look back and saw an unshaven man with long hair standing in the parlor. Apparently, this wasn't what caused her heart attack. She didn't freak out at this. She actually headed, like, directly downstairs to, like, confront the man and speak to him. But once she gets there, the man is just gone. He's vanished. And then oh. she paints. Oh. <laughs> um, That'll do it. Yeah. Um, so after Helen tells Nancy this, um, the doctor comes out of Miss Flora's room and says that she'll be all right, but she just has to rest. Um, the doctor also seems to think that Miss Flora has hallucinated this man. But, of course, Nancy and Helen know better. They know that this must have been the ghost. Um, so as soon as the doctor leaves and once they serve everyone, everyone dinner, they search the parlor. Um, Nancy realizes that there is one thing they didn't do when they searched earlier, and that was to check to see if the built-in cabinet had a hidden spring or a latch that, like, might cause it to swing open. Um, and after a thorough investigation, Nancy finds a small catch, presses it, and the cabinet swings open to reveal a secret passageway. Mm. Here's our first one. <laughs> um, So, the passageway doesn't go very far, but Nancy does find, like, an old half-finished letter in the passageway from 1785, um, not long after the house is built. Um, The letter seems to be from the owner of the house writing that he's overheard two of his, quote-unquote, servants um, conspiring against the colonies. Um, So... Apparently, they're like he's talking about like some like loyalist spies in his patriot household. I'm guessing
0: I don't know. Um, so this is supposed to be a revolutionary war, yeah, uh, espionage thing. Uh-huh. This is mm, even though it would have been over by now in 1785, yeah. So, why are we now okay? <laughs> but then we also have this, like, um they they specifically say that, like, traitors and spies would, um, go into, like, pose as servants in houses. Right. So if you can pose as a servant in 1785, we can make some assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so are we implying that our servants are all traitors and spies and, like, it just, it just seems very, It's um, weird. <laughs> Virtu <laughs> virtue signaling here. I don't know. It just seemed Ooh. like a very weird, like oh, all these servants are really traitorous people yeah. that we have to watch out for. It just, it just felt very mm, like coding gross. a class of people. Ex- exactly. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's know. weird. That's weird. That's a. You would think that they would know the dates of the Revolutionary War. You would think.
0: Like it wouldn't be that hard to change that date. Well, I'm. <sighs> In the original, we're talking about the conf- the right the, the civil war. civil war. Yeah, we're talking about yeah. the confederacy and that. So that was very kind of spies. clearly, is it is it a change in
1: the revision to not right. have to talk about the civil war and racism and slavery? Exactly. Um, but it's just, just very bizarre. Just also like really not like you didn't. Not only are you being racist and not talking about it, but now you're like not even doing it well. Like you're mm-hmm. not even. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's everything's like historically
0: attempt. wrong. Yes.
1: That's the point. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay.
0: So. Sorry. I'm harping on that a lot. But.
1: No, it's very weird. Um, so, but basically the gist is that this passageway was a passageway that the owner used to spy on his quote unquote servants in the kitchen. Um, also a weird thing to do, you know, mm-hmm. just in general, Um Anyway, so that's the extent of the secret passageway. There isn't anything else that seems to branch off from it. It's just a secret passageway from the parlor to, like, behind the kitchen. Um, the next morning, uh, Hannah calls and tells Nancy that the lawyers called Hannah and told her that they think Carson is hiding on purpose um, to not have to own up to his own failure and, like, not being able to find Willie Warden. <laughs> um, which, of course, Nancy gets super upset with, Um you know, any, any suggestion that Carson isn't just the best at his job and like wouldn't take responsibility is just, she can't even consider that. Um, and they tell Hannah that if Carson can't produce Willie Wharton or further evidence by Monday, um, the lawyers will have to concede to the property owner's demands in order to be able to continue construction. Um, so this additional additional time crunch uh, spurs Nancy to go back to the police um, and asks them to follow Nathan Gomer. She thinks that he has something to do with both Willie and her father's disappearance, and she can't think of anything else that might yield further clues. So, of course, they're like, yes, of course, Miss Drew. We'll get right on that. Um, and then Helen and Nancy go grocery shopping. <laughs> um Afterwards, they're driving home. They're about to pull into the drive at Twin Elms uh, when they see, guess who? Speak of the devil, Nathan Gomer, get into his car with a smug grin on his face and pull away from Twin Elms. Oh, no. So now they're worried that, you know, he's satisfied, has satisfied, grin on his face because he may have finally persuaded Miss Flora um, to sell, um... And Nancy, angry, you know, at the disappearance of her father, puts on the gas and decides to follow him. She's like, F this, F that, let's go. Yeah. Um,
0: Yikes. <laughs> so they follow him past Riverview Manor where he starts, he like slows down a little bit and starts flashing his lights. Um, Nancy's like, is he, what is he doing? Is he signaling to someone? Is he signaling to someone like... In Riverview Manor, is he signaling to someone that's, like, hidden off the road that he knows that we're here and they're telling him to follow us? Like, what is going on here? Um, But then they continue on into the town where Samuel Greenman supposedly lives, and then they lose him at a red light. Um, So they decide to go back to the police and tell them what has happened, and um, then after that they decide to head back to Twin Elms. Um, Upon returning to Twin Elms, though, they learned that Miss Flora has taken a turn for the worse. Uh, While Aunt Rosemary was outside, the cleaning woman happened to let Gomber in, and then he went upstairs where he threatened Miss Flora that if he didn't sell, something terrible would happen to Rosemary and Nancy and Helen. Um, And so she signed it right then and there, and then the cleaning lady signed as uh, her witness. Um, So it appears that that grin on his face was indeed because he got what he was after. Uh, in the long run, Nancy is confident now that the police are going to catch Gomer, and then hopefully um, they can just be able to prove that he coerced Miss Flora into signing. Um, now she's of course regretful that she signed, and so she's like, "You know what? Don't worry. We'll just we'll be able to say that." It was coercion and then we can get this reversed and it's not going to be a big deal. Um, now Nancy is decided, though, that she wants to investigate Riverview, Riverview Manor a little bit more because she's sure that Nathan was signaling to someone near there about something. Um, and perhaps that might even be where our ghost is staying. Uh, so after lunch, they hear a thump upstairs, and they decide to run upstairs. And Miss Flora is still in bed, but she is, like, trembling and saying that she heard someone up in the attic. Um, so Nancy, Helen, and Rosemary rush upstairs to the attic, but they don't see anyone um, they also don't see anything. Like nothing has like fallen on the floor or made any sort of thump that could have um, that Miss Flora could have confused with someone making that noise. Um, so Helen makes this remark. She's like, "How did the ghost get in? I just don't understand." And then they hear this spine chilling laughter coming from behind the walls—a oh. like man's laugh. Like, ha, 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 ha. It's oh, so my freaky. My God. <laughs> oh. Oh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I would scream and cry and throw up and burn the whole house down. No, thank Ah. you. (laughs) I just want to cry thinking about it now. Uh, So rosemary has this idea though that maybe it's coming from the roof like maybe that's where we're hearing this from not from behind the walls um of course her father grew up in this home and she remembers her father saying uh, she remembers hearing once her father saying that there was a trapdoor to the roof but she didn't really know where it was and she didn't know how to find it so they start looking around a little bit um they're able to find it and then with quite a lot of bit of effort and quite a few tools. They're able to get it open. Um, it makes this really horrible creaking sound when it's open though. And so Nancy pretty much quickly rules this out. She's like, there's no way the ghost would have used this. Otherwise we would have heard this creaking. Like it's that loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes up onto the roof anyway. And she sees this like tower lookout, Um, like just a few feet over from where the trap door Um, opens up onto the roof Um, and so nancy's like hey maybe there was somebody up on this roof maybe they're now hiding inside this lookout thing um so she of course climbs out onto the roof (laughs) and is like crawling on the roof and helen's like no Nancy come back in and she's like no I gotta get to this hideout Um, so she climbs over there and she like peers down into it and she doesn't see anyone inside Um, she attempts to like go into it and she like puts her foot down to climb into it and then the floor like gives way beneath her so she's like oh never mind so she crawls back out Um, she's like you know probably very unlikely that any ghost would have used this because if I almost fell through it a grown man definitely would have made this uh, fall through (laughs) Um, So Nancy uses this opportunity to look around, though, from her vantage point on the roof. She can see all the way to Riverview Manor, and she swears that she can see a light on in the window. Hmm. Um, So she decides... Now I definitely got to check this place out. Oh, my gosh. Um, she heads right over to the realtor and asks her if she, um, he can let her in to look around inside the house. And he's like, you know, um, I'd be happy to, but I can't because the property was just sold. And she's like, oh, what a shame. Um, you know, hey, maybe I can contact the new owner and they might be willing to let me look around before they move in. Could you at least tell me who owns it? And he's like, yeah, um, this guy, Nathan Gomer. And she's like, oh, oh No. no! <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so um after they talked to the realtor or i sorry so they're still at the realtor's place and the phone rings they're about to leave and it's the police calling they're trying to get in touch with nancy they'd called twin elms and aunt rosemary told them that she was at the realtor's place so they call um and they're like we've found and arrested samuel greenman um the guy with the used car so they run over to the police station um and learn that he um He doesn't have, he's claiming that he didn't have anything to do with Carson's disappearance. Um, They also got the cab driver there, and he's saying that he can't positively ID the man as the one that he saw kidnap Carson. So uh, the police are telling Nancy, we think he's just scared to talk. Maybe something's going Mm -hmm. on here. Could you go in and try to talk to them? (laughs) What? Why not, right? Why not have this 18 year old girl go in and talk to this? (laughs) Uh, whatever yeah okay so she goes in and she talks to the cab driver um oh oh Nancy's like i will talk to them but under one condition you let me do it alone and the police are like no problem go (laughs) in there with the kidnapper the hell
1: is going on (laughs) at the police station
0: yeah the i you this Mm. is not okay (laughs) it's something so yeah and the police are just like bowing down to nancy they're like yes we know you've got the interrogation skills to make this work so work your magic miss drew so she goes in and she goes to talk to the cab driver driver first and she's like hey you have children what do you think what do you think they they would do if something happened to you and he's like oh they would be so scared and upset and she's like yeah and don't you think that if you know someone knew what had happened and could help you would want them to talk and he was like oh yeah oh i see where you're going with this you want me to like help you with the carson thing and she's like yeah could you and he's like yeah okay i'll id the man it takes like 10 seconds and nancy literally just convinces she speaks him. two sentences to this mm-hmm. man and yeah. he's falling over himself yeah. to help he's her like well, yeah. In that case, if you put it like that, you win, Nancy Drew. Um, so she goes, she gets the cop, and he um, he admits to them. Yes, I can positively ID Greenman, and then they let her go talk to Greenman alone. And so she does this a little more, and she says like three or four sentences. Yeah, and it's like, mm, you know, can't you just can't you just admit to it? And he. It instantly is like, yes, I'll admit to it and six other things. <laughs> and, um, you know, just as long as you know, or, or she says something about like, if you talk now, then the other guys are going to get yeah. a worse sentence. And if yeah. you if you can just like admit that you were coerced into helping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, that was it. That was it. I was coerced. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. go with that story. And... <laughs> Um yeah so he uh he admits everything to the cops but he tells her he has no idea where Carson is right now. All his job in this was that he was hired to make sure Carson doesn't run away. Um he was one of the two guys that got into the cab with Carson when they originally left the train station. The other man in the car was the one that actually drugged him. Um and the driver of the car um the, the other one like the the other car not the cab driver but the other car that came up and then took Carson away with him um was also pay or that's the guy that paid greenman to like just make sure Carson didn't get away um so he gives the other guy's description to the police and they give that story um so that's done now check that off our list <laughs> so Nancy I and can Helen check that had- off my list yeah <laughs> can't check that off yet so we that's can That's done that's done <laughs> I'm finished with that. Uh, so <laughs> now that that's done, Nancy and Helen decide to head back to Twin Elms. Nancy tells Helen on the way that she has a hunch that this man who, um, who Samuel Greenman described is Willie Wharton. Um, hmm. She thinks that Willie Wharton is the one who has been playing ghosts. And she thinks that while he was listening in on conversations at Twin Elms, he overheard um, their plan to contact Nancy for help. So like when Flora, uh, Aunt Flora, hmm, I almost called her Floretta. When Aunt Rosemary and Flora um, were talking about asking Nancy for help, that um, that's when they sent Nathan Gomer to try mm-hmm. to scare her into staying with Carson rather than coming right. to help with this mystery. Um, so when that didn't work, they figured that kidnapping him would distract her from this mystery so that they could get right. away with more. Uh, but now she thinks that they won't release him because he's capable of stopping the, quote-unquote, greedy landowners from getting more money out of the railroad. Uh, but Nancy thinks that they'll find Wharton, and she wants a lawyer and a notary around whenever they do find him because she thinks that she can get him to sign. Um, so when they get to Twin Elms, she calls one of the lawyers at the firm and subtly asks him to come to Twin Elms tomorrow around noon with everything he needs to win his case. And she's trying not to like say anything in case anyone's listening, but um he kind of figures out what he's ta- what she's talking about and is like, oh, okay, I got it. You want me to come with the contract of sale for um for both of these properties and get Wharton's signature on it. Um, so then Nancy and Helen decide that they are going to go look through the outbuildings of Riverview Manor because if they can't get the key to the inside of the house. At least they can go to the outbuildings. Um, but again, they don't find anything there. So they give up and they go get get dinner. Uh, but then afterwards, someone knocks on the door and it is the realtor for Riverview. And for whatever inexplicable reason, he goes, I've changed his mind. And he hands Nancy the key to Riverview and says... Why? I guess, I guess Gomer's not coming to pick up the key for another couple of days. So he's like, as long as you get the key back to me by tomorrow evening, you can look around the house tomorrow all you'd like. Here you go. Okay. Yeah. So... (laughs) Do you want to take the last bit here? Sure.
1: Yeah. So he literally never tells us why he changes his mind. We have no idea. Um, just, yeah, so <laughs> no. we'll pick up the key later. Um, so the next morning, uh, Helen and Nancy go to Riverview. Uh, they get there. And, of course, it's exactly the same as Twin Elms inside. It's just, you know, dusty and dilapidated. Um, but they do find evidence of someone staying there. There's, like, food trash in the kitchen and, like, eggshells and, like, milk cartons and stuff. mm mm-hmm. um, so they go upstairs again. They don't find anyone upstairs, but in what would be Miss Flora's room in Twin Elms, like the matching room from Twin Elms that would be Miss Flora's rooms in Riverview. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They find an old closet, and that closet isn't in uh, Twin Elms, so this is different. Um, Nancy opens it, and on the inside of the rear wall is a door handle. Um, Nancy pushes on it very hard and falls through and down a stone staircase. Nancy's bruised, but okay, and she has now found the secret passageway. I guess second secret passageway. Love it. Of course, they follow it. Um, and though the tunnel, like, continues on, they find another set of stairs, like, kind of in the middle of the passageway, um, and they decide to try to go up them and see where they go, um, when a man's voice shouts at them from the end of the tunnel, stop, you can't go up there. Mm-hmm. So they turn their flashlights on him, and based on his description, Nancy realizes it's Willie Wharton. Um Nancy basically says as much and accuses him of being the ghost. And he just like immediately confesses like, yep. That's me. I, I did steal some food and I've been trying to scare the old ladies so that they would sell their property. But he does say he never took any jewelry or silver. Um, that must have been Mr. Gomer. It was him who originally found the plans in the attic at Riverview that showed all these secret passageways that they've been using. There's openings on each floor of the house and they were used like back when the houses were originally built by the people who lived there, like during bad weather and stuff, so that they could still like hang out yeah um he also explains that he did actually originally sign the deed to sell his property but nathan approached him and told him that if he laid low nathan could get him a lot more money than what he was originally given um so willie agreed to his plan um and he's been doing this and other jobs for nathan since nancy asks him where her father is of course um Uh, Because Willie was the driver in this kidnapping. Um, But Willie says he doesn't know. Uh, He didn't even know he was kidnapping someone, apparently. Um, Nathan Gummer just told him that Carson was, like, ill. And he was going to drive them to Riverview until a doctor could arrive. But once, like, they got back to Riverview, um, Nathan told Willie to go, like, haunt Twin Elms. And then when he got back from doing that, Carson was gone. So Mm. he doesn't know where Nathan took Carson. So Nancy realizes now that she has to get Willie out of here and have him swear to his signature signature before Nathan can show up um, and, like, persuade him not to. Um, so Willie just, yeah, agrees to go to Twin Elms with them because apparently he doesn't want to have anything to do with Nathan anymore. He doesn't really say why, but I guess he realizes maybe now that what he did was kidnapping and he's not okay with that. Whatever. Um... But so they go through the passage to Twin Elms um, and explain all this to Miss Flora and Rosemary and Nancy calls a notary, who, by the way, arrives in five
0: minutes. Five minutes. He's the neighbor that we met that was cutting across the lawn. He is? Yeah, that's the notary, because they... um, oh when they catch him he's like i'm a notary they wouldn't let dishonest folks oh, be notaries right. so you know i'm oh telling my the truth gosh. and so nancy's like i know a notary and so he, she calls and is like can you come help and he's like oh that. yeah well I'm, I'm next door i'll come right over I so that's how he's that. able to get there so fast
1: yeah that's hilarious yeah okay never mind i hated that before now i love it
0: yeah <laughs> so all of that was just so that nancy could like so know a notary, a notary.
1: <laughs> yeah so funny um And yeah, so the notary shows up and they have Willie Wharton's signature on the original paperwork notarized. Um, But of course, Carson is still missing. So Nancy calls the police um, and tells them about Willie Wharton and having discovered these secret passageways. Of course, they come over immediately and they all go down and explore, you know, this maze of secret passageways. Nancy, of course, goes with them um, and because she's ahead of all of them, finds a locked, like, iron door further down in the tunnel that they were in originally. Um what she calls, are they using I, that for? I I mean mm-hmm. seventeen seventeen hundreds? Mm-hmm. I hmm Yes. Anyway. Um so she finds this locked iron door in the tunnel and then she calls one of the police officer officers who's just able to take the lock off, I guess by picking it. Um, Cool, good job. Um and inside we find a drugged Carson. Um wow. Um so we're able to get him upstairs um and he perks up a little bit after like some smelling salts that they called like a restorative, I guess. I don't yeah. I don't really know what that was. Um gross, but whatever. Um <laughs> and he just basically rapidly recovers, um, of course, because he's so in such good shape. They make sure to to oh, mention yeah. Um, and Nancy just recounts this whole story to him or whatever, and then the police captain enters and tells them that they also caught Nathan Gomer outside of Riverview, as well as the other kidnapper, and all the loot that they stole from Twin Elms has been recovered, um, and Nathan has now admitted to coercing Miss Flora to sell Twin Elms, and even trying to harm Nancy and Carson with the truck at the beginning of the book, and Nancy and Helen cheerfully go to make lunch. And that is the end. Yay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. What a conclusion, I just, huh? <laughs> I mean, I was just looking through my notes and I'm like, okay, what do I want to talk about first? And there is just so much yeah. <laughs> to discuss. There really is. Like, yikes. Um, Okay. I just, okay. I want to talk about something that really came to my mind when... Okay. I was reading this and I, I mean, it's just because of a bunch of stuff that like we've talked about in the past or whatever. And I just, this really came up for me as I was reading and it's like this book And I said this at the beginning. This book is such, like, a quintessential Nancy Drew book. Nancy Drew is, like, in her element. She is brave. She is quick-thinking. She's, like, smart. She is, you know, like really invested and in stuff it's just it just feels very quintessentially nancy drew like the secret passageways and the plot and you know nancy driving as fast as it will allow oh, yeah. and even even the weird dates yeah <laughs> and the cleaning and all that It just feels very classic yeah. and of course like nancy's relationship with the police right like oh, yeah. you know the way that they are like falling over themselves to accommodate her and how they just absolutely trust this 18 year old girl to come into a police station and interrogate their suspects when they have failed. Like I just, and so this is what gets me so much because it's so clearly a fantasy story. Like this is so clearly not real life. Like I know that I wasn't raised in the (laughs) fifties. But there is no reality in which grown men in a police station, police officers, Mm -hmm. are letting this 18-year-old girl who they have never met come in and just interrogate people. Like, that just wouldn't happen. It's just clearly a fantasy that has been created for this, right? But my issue (laughs) is when people come in and say, like, oh, well, you know... They're racist or they're sexist or they're fat shaming or whatever is just contextual. Just consider the time period in which it was Mm. written. Of course, it's like this. Oh, you can't talk about it, you know, too critically because, you know, it this was just real life, you know, at that time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that is fucking bullshit. These books are not supposed to be depicting real life. They're fantasy (laughs) escapism. It is so clear when you read scenes like that, like, this would never happen. This is... This is crazy talk. So so thinking that like we have to have like racism and sexism and, you know, all the horrible stuff that we have seen portrayed in some Nancy Drew books in it just because that was, you know, accurate to the time is a crock. Is a crock right. of shit. Yeah. The only reason why that stuff is there is because writers, editors, publishers were racist and sexist and fat shaming.
0: Like, they chose to put it in there.
1: Yeah. And that's, we just can't get around that. And I, uh, it, maybe it's a hot take. I don't know, but you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was on my mind while I was reading this a lot. Oh yeah. Especially with like the very clear coding of like what would have in like this, this mansion that definitely would have involved like slavery and enslaved people oh, yeah. um, just absolutely glossing over that. I was like, "There, you, this is just so like, cause I know what people are going to want to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I just can't, I just can't truck with it. I just yeah. won't. It's ridiculous. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that because, <laughs> because that my, the whole time I was reading this, I was like, this is fantasy we if if we wanted to be anti-racist if we wanted to be you know you know totally feminist and body positive we could be because it's not like people in that time didn't you know that we didn't have people who who held those ideals you know what I mean yeah um so I just yeah yeah I
0: just can't (laughs) Well, let's talk about the the original text here for a minute, yes. because Nancy's relationship with the police is vastly different in this one. Oh, okay, um, yeah. She still has this kind of, like, they're incompetent, and I'm better at this than they mm-hmm. are, but it's less like, oh, yes, Miss Drew, whatever you'd like, and it's more sure. like, we're doing this, and Nancy's like, what are you doing, you idiots? Obviously, we <laughs> need to do this, and they're like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that is a good idea. Let's do what Nancy says. It's more like mm. that. It's great, but Yeah. Um, yeah, I could give a little overview of that. Yeah, I didn't make sure. ex- extremely detailed um, notes about the the plot of the, or the yeah, the yeah. summary for the the original text, but it actually um, so there's no Willy Wharton or anything like that. It actually starts with oh, um, well he's not even Nathan Gomer. It's G O M B E T instead of the R. Huh. So I don't know if it's Gombet or Gombe or. I don't know how you pronounce that. If it's supposed to be like a French T, it's not pronounced. I don't know. But so um, we have, we start um, Carson's out of the house. I think he's at work. And I think Hannah's off like seeing her sister or something like that. We say, and there's a knock at the door and Nancy's not expecting anyone, but she goes, she opens it. It's Nathan. He's like, I need those papers from your father. And she's like, Mm. well, dad didn't tell me to like, leave any papers for you so i don't know what you're talking about you'll just have to come back when he's home like maybe tomorrow but you need to leave and he forces his way inside the home and like runs into carson's study and then like essentially like traps nancy in there (gasps) and then she's like if you don't get out i'm calling the cops and she like tries to make a break for the phone but he like grabs her and it's like (gasps) this whole thing um whoa yeah it's just like and she like gets away and she starts to call the police and he's like, stop, stop, stop. I'll go. Uh, but he's just like really after these papers. Um,
1: so mm. Carson and
0: Hannah come home and we learn that, um, and there's a little bit with the railroad stuff. So he had agreed to sell some, sell some of his land to the railroad. Um, and Carson's oh, okay. like handling it for the railroad company. So, um, Nathan has now decided that he didn't ask for enough money. And even though the deal has now gone through, he wants to undo it. And he's trying to get those papers back from Carson so that he can resell to the railroad for like a higher dollar amount. Um, And the way they depict him is very much like he's going through like a mental health crisis at the current moment. He's very manic. And he's just, he just portray him as like dangerously mentally ill Hmm. um, almost. So he leaves and then Nancy's kind of, Oh, Next morning, Nancy decides that she is going to go visit Abigail Rowan to check up on her because we've just finished oh. Secret of the Old Clock. So, that's yeah. if you guys remember Old Clock, that's the old lady who, um, Um, She lives alone, and Josiah Crowley was supposed to leave her a lot of money, so Nancy decides that she's going to go just check in on her, see how she's doing. We learn that now that she's got all the money from the Crowley estate, she's doing really well. She's all healthy. She's got everything that she needs now, Um, but she's actually in the middle of entertaining her old friend, who is Rosemary Turnbull. Um, So Rosemary starts telling her, you know, I was just telling Abigail that my house is haunted, and everything's kind of crazy, and Abigail's like, well, Nancy's a detective. Maybe you could you know hire nancy as your detective to come look into this and she's like um yeah i just have to ask my dad first so she goes home she talks to carson and carson's like well i'm actually supposed to go to chicago for a business trip and it's nothing to do with the railroad it's just a normal chicago business trip that he's going on i'm going next week so this might actually be perfect timing because hannah was supposed to have next week off so why don't you just go stay with the turnbulls for the week so i know where you are and then i'm in chicago so everything's good Um, So they decide that they're going to do that. And then Nancy is kind of still shaken up from the other day so she's like i'm gonna go visit helen and so she goes has dinner with helen and she's like should i tell her about the turnbull mansion mystery no helen's kind of a gossip and i don't want word getting (laughs) out (laughs) so she just doesn't tell helen and there's also no mention of helen getting married there's no jim archer conversation it's just like hey nancy remember last summer at moon lake that was great why didn't you tell me you were on a mystery i would have loved to help and she's like well you're not helping with this one either and then she leaves
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh
0: Um, So Carson goes off to Chicago. Nancy goes to the Turnbull mansion. They make a big point of saying that the Turnbulls never decided to invest in having the house, like, put electricity in it. Because it's just, it's so old. The house just doesn't have electricity. So they don't have a phone. um, And all their lights are, like, gas lamps and everything. So we are, like, obviously this is 1930 now. 1930, old, 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 cold home. Um so Nancy's staying there a lot of the same like hauntings happen um a lot of the silverware is stolen jewels are stolen all that kind of stuff um, I'm trying to think if there's anything like Does specific. the gorilla mask happen? <laughs> there's no gorilla mask. There's no like man with long hair standing in the foyer or anything. Uh. <laughs> um, and like I said, it is um, Floretta and Rosemary are sisters, mm-hmm. not mother daughter, and they're a little bit older. Such an Neither of them ever change. married. I'm wondering if they wanted to focus more on like the family dynamic. Yeah. In the original text of like Helen's getting married, she's going to be this happy little bride, yeah. and then we have these older ladies that are also well, in the family and have this connection and.
1: And I definitely think, too, I can see how in, like, the 1950s, like, two older women sisters who are living together is, like, were they never married? Do Mm -hmm. they not have children? Like, what? They don't have children, yeah. Right. So that is, like, not socially acceptable. Not Right. Not incredibly so, but just like enough to raise eyebrows. Right. But you know, an older woman and her daughter. Of course, it's so you know, that's it normal. makes sense She's for widow, a daughter to come care lady. for her mm-hmm. aging mother. Right. That's you. That, that's good. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can it's see very... why that change would be made. Yeah. Like Disney fight almost. Like it's, yes, no, it's all happy. Exactly. It's not this sad thing of these ladies that never mm-hmm. have children. What a disgusting yeah. idea. Or
1: that like these women can't live alone and be totally happy and fine without family right. and children around. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's also no mention of any like outbuildings on the property. We're only told mm. about the mansion, which we call it Twin Elms in this one. They just call it The Mansion in the original text. Sure. And we also learn that Nathan lives at Riverview. Or they, they don't call it Riverview in the original text. I don't remember right. if it had a name. But he lives there. He didn't buy it like mid-story. He has been has living it. there for a long time. I think he might actually be like a very distant cousin of the Turnbulls. And they don't specifically say like, oh, that's our cousin or we're related or anything like that. But just like the brother that had sold that house or the brother Mm -hmm. that had lived in that house eventually got passed down to him. And then the brother that had lived in Twin Elms passed it down to these sisters. Um, And so like we said, it was the two brothers that, that owned the houses and then there was the civil war and one brother joined the Confederacy confederacy, excuse me. And then the Turnbull sisters, their ancestor joined the union and he actually like Mm. died in the war and then left the house. So, um, there's Mm. that whole plot line with it. And then, um, we actually get the Carson kidnapping scene. Like we see that (gasps) the perspective switches to focus on Carson. So it's, it's not like first person written. It's still the third person point of of view, but like we're seeing Carson's actions. So we see him um, get off the train from, um, from Chicago. He like lands in river Heights or whatever. And then Nathan comes running up to him on the platform and is like, you need to come with me right away. Something has happened to Nancy and Carson is like, immediately freaked out and he's like what are you doing here you're like my enemy or whatever i don't want to talk to you but he's like no no no! like something happened you need to come with me right away so carson agrees to get into the car with him he gets in the car and he nathan starts explaining like yeah nancy was on her way to see me because she wanted to investigate some clue with the this case or whatever and there was a car accident right in front of my house and like she's alive right now but we don't know if she's going to pull through and like the doctor is with her at my house right now let me take you to my house so they get to riverview and we get this very racist scene where we meet nathan's housekeeper who is a black woman um, who they describe in a really, really horrible fashion. Oh. They make her out to be this, like, disgusting, grotesque like <gasps> caricature of a woman um, right. and just say, like, how <sighs> disgusting she is and how fat and ugly she is. It's just mm. it's a very, very disgusting depiction. They also, you know, kind of write in a different dialect for her dialogue of parts yep. of it and just make her seem very, I don't know, just – it's it's a very bad – depiction very racist depiction Mm -hmm. of this woman but she and nathan or she helps nathan lock carson into an upstairs room because they get Mm -hmm. upstairs and nathan's like she's just in that room through that door so carson runs in there and then they pull the door shut and lock him in and they're like you're not leaving until you sign these papers um and so nancy um she is expecting a telegram because again remember we don't have a phone in this so she's been expecting a telegram from carson for a couple days now and she she's just not hearing from him but she for some reason thinks something's up with Nathan and she needs to go look into it and so once Mm -hmm. she learns that he lives next door she decides that she is going to sneak out in the middle of the night like it's rain it's pouring outside it's pouring rain and so she doesn't even tell the Turnbull sisters that she's going she literally sneaks out a window in the kitchen because (laughs) I mean these aren't like deadbolts that we have today there's a, a physical key in the lock that you have to to lock the front door and when nancy goes to leave out the front door there's no key so she physically can't get out because the door's locked and so she has to sneak out the kitchen window (laughs) walks all the way to nathan's house um and as she gets there she sees him leaving um and what she doesn't know is that he is going to try to find nancy he is like got (gasps) this plot that he's going to go to the turnbull's house and kidnap nancy (sighs) so that he can like because Carson is locked up in this house and we even get this like scene where Carson's thinking like is Nancy tied up somewhere also in this house with me and I just can't get to her right now so his plan is to like actually go get Nancy and do that and like he tells Carson I'm gonna go get Nancy right now and I'm gonna start like torturing her until you sign these papers Yeah, so the Carson's freaking so out, dark. and he doesn't know that Nancy's right outside the window. She's, like, waiting in the bushes until she sees oh Nathan leave, gosh. and she knows that the housekeeper's in there, so she tries to, like, sneak around and find a way into the house, so she eventually gets down into, like, the cellar of the house, and then the housekeeper woman, like, hears something in the basement, so she, like, goes down to investigate, so Nancy has to hide, and then she thinks she can see, like, a like a secret passageway opening in the cellar, but she like can't get it open or whatever. So she just kind of leaves it and then she can't get back out. So she decides to just go upstairs Um, and she actually like gets upstairs and she's standing outside the door where Carson is um, oh, and I forgot to mention this as well. Instead of the owl scene, it's actually two canaries that make their way in, and then the, oh, that's the, so <laughs> random. It is. But the Turnbull sisters mentioned something about Nathan being a bird lover, and he keeps a bunch oh. of birds. And so Nancy's okay. like, "That's weird. Did he like bring birds with him, or <laughs> did the birds like get out and fly in here somehow? Like, what's going on?" um So she gets upstairs in in the house, and she's actually like standing outside the room where Carson is locked up, and she doesn't know that he's in there. But she like hears a cough, and she's like, "That's really weird. Is there some else in this house besides just the housekeeper lady because i know that nathan's gone um so then she hears the lady coming upstairs so she has to like duck into the room that's next to the room that carson is like trapped in and she gets in there and she hides and then she realizes it's the bird room and there's oh my all God, sorts of no, it's just, like, horrifying <laughs> tons and tons and tons of birds in there and then ah. One of the parrots actually starts squawking and talking. And so Nancy has to hide in the closet. And then the housekeeper lady comes in and she's like, oh, shut up, bird, or whatever. And she looks around real quick. Right. Well, it is the bird. And she she thinks that something has upset the bird. She looks around. She can't find anything. Um, But then she locks the door to the bedroom, uh, the bird bedroom. So Nancy now can't get out. And she's stuck in this closet. And she's feeling around. And she kind of, like, hits something on the wall. And she realizes it's this, like, handle thing. And she plays with it for a while. And she pulls. And it comes away. And then behind that is another panel. And then she falls down this, like, long flight of stone steps. It's the, it's the secret passageway. Yeah. Um, so she gets in there, and there's like another room down there. Um, thankfully, she has a flashlight with her, so she turns the flashlight on, and she realizes now that the um, the panel in the closet where she had fallen down through has now like closed behind her, so she can't get back in. So now she's trapped in this room. So she goes to the other That's door, so the other side of the secret passageway. Yeah.
1: In the go revision, ahead. Nancy makes sure because she when she they go Helen into the passageway. There. She makes Helen stand there. And then at one point when they're going to like go all the way down there, she shoves her sweater into the door because she has the thought like, I don't want this to shut behind me.
0: Right. Yeah. So it does. It shuts behind her. And we're only like halfway through the book at this point. So she finds the secret passageway in like chapter 19 of the revised, but she finds it like halfway through the original text. So she's down here. She goes unconscious for a few minutes. When she wakes up, she like realizes where she is. When she fell down the stairs, stairs, right? Right. So so she wakes up and she's like, "Oh shoot, the door is shut behind me. Mm -hmm. I guess I can only go through this door in front of me." So she gets through it, and she it's like almost like an hour walk. They make it seem like she's just walking through this tunnel forever. Um, And then her flashlight battery starts Ah! to flicker. And so she's down here alone, locked in. She cannot go back the way she came. She doesn't know if she has enough light to, like, make it back up the other way. Um, And so she finally makes it to another door in the tunnel, and she opens that, and then she goes through there. And then in front of her, there's, like, a fork in the road. And then she happens to choose the correct fork, so she goes down that way, and then she finds, like... Bunch of rickety staircases, and they're all like falling apart. And she just like chooses the one that seems the most sturdy, and she goes up it. And then there's another weird door with a weird latch on it and the weird knob or whatever. And so she gets through that and then realizes that it is, um, it goes into the attic. So she climbs out of the attic and she's like, Well, it's too late to like go do anything else tonight, so I'm just gonna like leave the panel off of the attic because I don't think I could ever find where the like thing is Mm. to open the panel again in the morning so she just like leaves it open she goes to bed she tells the turnbull sisters in the morning what's going on um i think they tell her that nathan did show up there and like tried to Mm -hmm. find her but then they sent him away and so now she's like okay well now i have proof that he has stolen all this stuff and there's also this like silver urn that he stole that was like the big like family not like a a okay urn urn for like (laughs) (laughs) cremated remains or anything like that but just like a decorative thing um and so this is like the most valuable thing that he stole and it's worth like five hundred dollars they say and i forget what that is in today's money but it's like several thousand of course Um, hold on i wrote it down oh um almost nine thousand dollars today wow Wow.
1: pretty pretty significant so
0: um i think at this point they call the police and the idea is that they are gonna like go in with the police to like raid Nathan's house but then they i guess he's not there or some re- or something and Nancy's like well clearly he's like slipped into the secret passageway and is like gonna escape that way mm-hmm. so y'all stay here and there's also the the housekeeper lady is like got a gun inside the house oh, and she's God. like don't come in and she's like threatening okay. to shoot them if they come in So Nancy's like <laughs> Wait, I know how to get in. And so she leads them to Twin Elms, leads them down, back the other way, up through the secret passageway. They get back into the house, and um, then they find Carson, and Carson's rescued. And then that's pretty much the end of the mystery. Um, Gombit yeah. or whatever his name is, arrested and taken wow. away. But, so it's a lot of wow. running, running around in those passageways. Um, and then they wow. do find the urn. And then just like the old clock in the last one, they give Nancy the urn is like her prize for solving Stop the mystery. Yeah, yeah. Not a nine thousand dollar urn. Mm-hmm. No, that's like no. this fam- family heirloom that's been passed down for generations. Like Stop. Nancy this should have ridiculous. it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Fantasy. Pure fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So, so there's that. Yeah. That's so interesting. I definitely enjoyed it more than the revised one. Yeah. Maybe because well, I, mean, I read I, it first.
1: <laughs> well, and I can see how it's like so much more intense and mm-hmm. like um like suspenseful and i even thought that like the revised was like pretty intense and suspenseful for a nancy drew
0: book so like wow yeah yeah wow to have nancy alone in that secret passageway no light she's oh injured yeah it's crazy it's crazy It's wild Oh, oh, also, I almost forgot this part, but um, when they're investigating the secret tunnels, they find more, the other staircases that Nancy saw went to other parts right. of the house. Yeah. And one of them was to a built-in couch that was in the living room. So, a oh. little reference to the game, Secret of the Old Clock, you really do enter through the built-in okay. little seat in okay. the corner. So, that's where that's nice. from. But Yeah. So, that's the original revised text. Thank you, Mildred. Wow. I loved wow. it. It was so good. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I was on edge when that flashlight started to flicker. I was like, oh, Oh. oh, it's getting good. (laughs) I mean, like, what happened?
1: You know what I mean? I know. I mean, we had such intense, amazing, suspenseful stories. Even this revised version of The Hidden Staircase, I I think, is intense and suspenseful. Mm -hmm. How do we get from this to, like, Mystery at Crocodile Island?
0: Oh, I know. How?
1: What happened?
0: These are so good. Are uh, they? Were, yeah, they were. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for us to possibly watch the Benita Granville adaptation mm, of it. Oh, because yeah. That's going to be the original text. Right, where the, right. the 2019 Sophia Lillis movie is going to be the revised, I imagine. I haven't yeah, seen I either one of them yet, so. but. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to do mm. that. But. Oh my gosh. So. Okay. Okay. There's so right. much to talk about it with There's with so this, much though. to talk about
1: <laughs> I don't even know what to, to do next. Um, Okay. Let's see. Oh, okay. I want to talk about this. So like the historical weird subtext, um, I, with Nathan Gomer specifically, with his like story about his family being poor and whatever, is that supposed to, is he trying to say that his family was Jewish? Possibly. I, because clearly, very clearly something is happening in that scene, with those dynamics that like is not like it's subtext.
0: There's subtext. I wish I could be a colonial American.
1: Right. And and I just don't understand. Like, I think there's historical context that I am just not understanding. Um, But it's, I just can't think of another way, like who else you would be talking about when you say poor folks in Europe. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're not talking about, Jewish people. What else would make sense? Um, especially thinking about the time period and the fact that, like, he, we're in the 1950s or in this revision, we're in the 1950s, and he's talking about, yeah, wanting to buy a nice colonial house and, like, enjoy its quote unquote traditions. What I hear is, like, I hear assimilation, right? Right. And I think in the 1950s, right after the end of World War II, what else are you talking about? If you're not talking about, like, you know, trying to move past
0: World War II. I'm trying to Google the name origin of Gomer.
1: Well, but the thing is, is he's lying. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. So he's clearly lying to Miss Flora when he's talking about this. I'm just trying to understand, like, what the story is that he's telling. And it makes it seem like he's trying to say that his family is Jewish and we're post-World War II, and so now he's here in this town in America, and he wants to buy a house to fully embrace American life. But that's a lie. He's not, right? He, right. We, I mm-hmm. mean, and, and I don't know. That's not in the, the original text, is no, it? No. That story. Yeah. So that's an invention. Mm-hmm. That's an invention from the revision, which happened in 1950, what? 59? nine? Nine. yeah. Like, you know?
0: Yeah, it's really weird.
1: I, yeah, it's mm-hmm. odd. And especially when you think about, like, that and, like, the let's just not talk about the Civil War
0: and let's just yeah. not talk about
1: the, like, that, you know, servants in that
0: time period were enslaved people. Because mm-hmm. the revolution, it's like, Revolutionary War is more palatable for right? what they're trying to it's argue. It's like, what,
1: yeah. are, why are we, what are we focusing on here and why? Yeah. You know? It's like let's teach children a history
0: lesson, but yeah. it puts so but much not. subtext in there that we're not allowed. Oh Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's talk about Helen.
0: Yes. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that they gave her this whole marriage plot, especially because yes. the original was, hey, Helen, let's have dinner, and then I'm not going to tell you about the mystery because you're such a gossip, you'll tell the whole town that I'm investigating. I love investigating. That. That's
1: hilarious. <laughs> Why can that not be in this one? No, I mean, I understand... I understand wanting to give Nancy like a closer tie-in to the story, right? Um, like and give her I, a friend. It makes
0: it less spooky yeah, if she's not alone. Yeah,
1: right. Um, I I understand that. I don't necessarily like it, right. but I get it. I understand the motivation. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting the way that we like pair Helen and like this this family relationship with like this idea of like social norms of the time just very clearly what's happening in the story instead of just like trying to give Nancy a more like a bigger reason to be here and investigating and to give Nancy a friend to like bounce things off of you know to be able to not narrate to have to have a lot of what's happening not be narration but be like dialogue and events right so yeah (laughs) It's like, what was it? Was it to do that, or was it to be able to highlight whatever social conventions of the time that you really wanted to?
0: Mm-hmm. You know and what I mean? And make it, it three seem years like Nancy.
1: Yes, that's the thing is that they specify that she's three years older. So it's like, are we supposed to understand from this that at twenty-one, that's the age that you're supposed to get married, and that Nancy, yeah, in three years, is should be where
0: where Helen is. This is the trajectory that she's on currently because that's where girls are supposed to be at that time. Right. Mm.
1: Who was it that said that Nancy Drew can never get married? Was that Mildred? Um, no, I think or it, was it was Harriet. Harriet. Yeah. yeah. But see, that's so interesting. But then why do this? Why set this up? Like, clearly we exist outside of space and time. Why do we have to make this the trajectory for Nancy? We don't even have to right. talk about it.
0: Right. We don't even have to talk about it and um they make a special point to mention that nancy's going to be a bridesmaid at the end helen right. asked her to be in the wedding right. party and uh, that is nice but we do know but, from yeah. um later books obviously we've read she does get married at some point in the series i don't remember specifically mm-hmm. which book she gets married in but she will be yeah. married before number 10 we know we've read that one already but I'm and they have a baby, to, don't they at some point i maybe do they i don't remember I th- Never mind. I'm thinking about
1: Bess's cousin again. I do that all the time. Oh, maybe. Bess's cousin well, has that baby that needs yeah. and babysits. Anyway.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. But so I'd be really interested to do a comparison of Helen's timeline of like, does she, mm. I don't know that she even gets married in the original. She might. I feel like that. Mm. I feel like she probably does, but I don't know. But right. I would like to see how, how that arc takes place in a comparison between the original and the revised, because if she's mm-hmm. not even engaged yet in the second one. Yeah. How's that going to go if she's married by book 10? Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Oh. I mean, considering, I don't know, that she got engaged in a matter of months from the man that she right. met. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Could be months. even quicker than that. Could the, be faster. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. No, and I think, like, the way that this book hits on, like, Nancy and Helen cleaning Twin Elms and Nancy and Helen preparing luncheon for... Uh, Miss Flora and Aunt Rosemary and it's just like so much domesticity mm-hmm. so much domesticity and it's like in a book in a book today or a book back then with a male protagonist maybe we, we just wouldn't talk about those things no you know what I mean we wouldn't talk about them eating that much. We wouldn't talk about them changing clothes or we wouldn't talk about them yeah, cleaning or gro- going grocery shopping. We would never talk about that. Not that it's not something that people would have done and been involved with. Um but that it's just not the focus of the story. It's the same way that you don't talk about like we don't talk about in this book Nancy going to the bathroom. Of course right. she pees. Like, you <laughs> right. know what? Like she's a human being, but we don't talk about it because it's like just not relevant.
0: Right. Unless we don't it need is. To. And then
1: it'll be in a scene. You know what I right. mean? But like, yeah. so it's just like, why are we putting this in there? And none of that was in the original reason. And none of it's in the original.
0: We might say after dinner, Nancy did this, but we're not saying we're not making a big show of like, they're sitting down to have dinner now. And this is what they're eating. And this is what they're saying at dinner. And this is how extravagant the dessert is.
1: I think so much. It's so fascinating, especially when you think about historically what's happening at that time in like women, like, again, post World War II, where in, you know, World War II, women had to work. Right. Um, or was that World War One? Maybe more World War One. Well, both, I mean. But both, where women had to work while men went away to war. And then when the men come back to war, women are expected to give up their jobs for the right. men and, you know, go into the home. And so it's like we have to set up Nancy as being like this perfect woman of the time in order to make her desirable and like um, to be a quote unquote good girl. You know what I mean? She has to like, we have to show her performing these actions so that everybody's clear on the fact that Nancy is good. She's fine. She's on the path to marriage, um, even though she's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird pandering. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) what else we got here? Oh, I do think it was interesting in this book that, and I talked about this a little bit at the beginning, that Nancy is um, Mm pro-railroad, and I understand how it's complicated there because of the Nathan Gomber character, but there's no... there's no moment where she's considering really the property owners in this situation. Um, oh, no. She I makes just,
0: them out to be the bad guys instantly exactly. because they're associated with his little plot. Yeah. Right, right,
1: right, right, right. And so I just think it's interesting because that seems like a bit of a reversal or um, – I mean kind of – of, uh, you know – The idea of Nancy sticking up for the little person, which is an idea that I see floated a lot um, in, like, Nancy Drew discussions and stuff about how Nancy's, you know, desire and drive to solve mysteries is to help people, Mm -hmm. right? To help people um, who may be down on their luck, who may, you know, be different class or whatever, but I don't think that's true, (laughs) I think occasionally she does, um, when it's convenient for her, but I think typically Nancy's introduction to mysteries, um, is through other rich people and other oh, rich yeah. friends all the time. And it's just like, I don't understand how we can have this conversation about Nancy sticking up for the little person. when It's like so clearly she's a, you know, wealthy white girl solving right. wealthy white people mysteries. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. So, yeah, so I think her, you know, her thinking about the railroad versus the property owners in that way is just indicative of that. It's just, you know, indicative of her class. Um, Right. Yeah. And the way that she thinks about money and people desiring money as being greedy. Of course, you would say that as a rich person. Yeah. (laughs) Who has money and doesn't have to need it, you know? She definitely does
0: make a lot of judgments toward our property owners when...
1: Right. And now and then she goes to like uh um, this these women who own a mansion to help mm-hmm. solve their mystery. It's like clearly they are wealthy. Like yeah. they have a an 8,000 dollar earn or whatever. It's like
0: okay. Like Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Oh, Nancy. Yeah. One tiny thing. Nancy is yeah. blonde in both texts. What? Mm-hmm. I didn't notice
1: it. Where yeah. did it say she's blonde? Let me pull it back up here. I'm sure it's at the beginning. It is, yeah. Attractive blonde haired Nancy. You're right. Mm-hmm. Attractive blonde haired Nancy was brought out of her daydreaming by the sound of the doorbell. Wow. Okay. So, this is this will be in my brain forever. What color is Nancy Drew's hair? I don't know. Why does it matter so much to me? I don't know. <sighs> There's never a straightforward answer. There's never a straightforward answer because this is a revised text that I that I just read that from. Yep. She's supposed to be Titian, right? Yeah. Is it Titian? Is it Titian or is
0: it blonde?
1: Pick it up, Harriet. I know. What's I know. going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that reminded me something else. Um, in the revised, uh, so I don't think Chief McGinnis in the originals was ever introduced until yeah. like fourteen fifty. I can't remember which book it was. I think it was. They mentioned McGinnis, but they call him Captain McGinnis instead of Chief <gasps> McGinnis. Oh, did he and get they're like, a demotion? <laughs> Something. I don't know because she's talking to the the cop near Twin Alms, yeah. and she's he's like, "Yeah, I'll relay this over to Captain McGinnis in River Heights, yeah. so that you know, in case he goes to River Heights." They know as well, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting that they yeah. added him into this revision just to give him the wrong name." So I don't know if maybe they revised this. I don't know because I feel like by the time he was really introduced in the originals, they probably would have called him Chief McGinnis, you know. And so did they yeah. change it? I don't know. That's something I gotta look into as well. Just I'm just not just, sure. I,
1: that's gotta be a slip or something because maybe. they were—he was never Captain McGinnis.
0: No, he's always Chief McGinnis and everything. And I can remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. That's weird.
0: Okay. My last thing.
1: Well, I don't know if this is my last thing. Another thing I want to talk about (laughs) is the theme of this haunting. Um, Nathan Gomer and Willie Wharton really got to get it together. They got to compare notes or something. Because is this a ghost or is it a gorilla? Or (laughs) is it a vagrant? Like, what is going on Mm -hmm. in Twin Elms that cuz cuz this haunting thematically is all over the place. We have the swinging chandelier which is like poltergeist. We have the gorilla mask situation which is like did something escape from the zoo? I don't understand what's going on here. Right. We have um you know the eerie music. We have um the laugh. It's like is it a ghost or is it not a, is it a person? Is it a ghost right. or is it a person or is it a gorilla? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on just pick one just pick one um that irritated me also the fact that like we continue to call the this person the ghost even though we know at that point that it's not a supernatural thing like we're like very very sure that it's not ghosts that it's like a person you know doing all these things but we still just call them the ghost we don't say like the thief or the intruder
0: mm-hmm we we're just, he's just the ghost we're just sticking with the haunting theory even though nancy does not at all believe that it could be a ghost it's she wonderful. never believes that it's a ghost no not at the beginning not at any point in
1: the middle she's spooked out but because there's a guy running around the house yeah. like
0: being weird i think even Helen. Scare them I think there's yeah. even a part where Helen's like, I know it's not a ghost. I don't, I'm not inclined <laughs> to believe these things. But after that, you know, maybe I could be convinced. And Nancy's like, right. No, we know it's, it's not, not a ghost, Helen. And, and but then they're like, So anyway, the ghost, let's go find so it. The ghost. <laughs> the ghost. Maybe the ghost got in this way. Maybe ghost. the ghost did this. Did the ghost make the ceiling
1: fall down? Right. And it's like, oh my God.
0: No, it's just <laughs> rotted boards in the ceiling from a flood. Or not a flood, a rainstorm. <sighs> Yeah. Oh um the plot hole that I mentioned earlier yes Okay, so we have that scene where we see Nathan leaving the house, and Nancy Nancy is like watching him walk up the road, and then at that moment, the chandelier starts swinging, so we, Mm -hmm. right away, we know it's not Nathan making the chandelier swing, so Nancy's able to like cross that off her list, so they run upstairs, they start checking that out, she sends Helen downstairs to see if she can check it out, or see if Mm -hmm. she can notice the chandelier swinging from downstairs, and then we hear Helen scream, and then that's the gorilla mask, at the end- Willie Wharton admits that he was the one wearing the gorilla mask. So was Nathan just his, cause we, we know he walked like, did he walk? Oh, you know, like, did? Yeah. cause I had assumed like, Oh, maybe Willie's upstairs doing the chandelier while Nathan's putting on the mask to like double back and scare mm. Helen. But really Willie would have had to leave the passageway after doing the um, chandelier thing to, quickly run downstairs somehow yes. get outside and then do the the gorilla mask and then somehow yeah. get back into the house so he could slip back into the secret passageway and i'm i'm assuming that gomber is just walking back to um riverview
1: mm-hmm.
0: he, and that's that's why he didn't drive but it's, it's hard I, I don't to think know. it is a plot hole he i guess it is possible yeah. but part of my brain thought that nathan was involved in that haunting somehow yeah. and it's like he couldn't have been because we know willie has already admitted to it so. right
1: it's it's hard to know because they don't give us a map of course of twin elms or of the secret passageways or anything so we can't know how long it would take him to go from inside to outside right um and also he doesn't necessarily have to go back into the house afterwards he can just walk to riverview because i don't think a haunting situation True. happens after but, that
0: but nancy immediately goes outside and she sees no one so he yeah. would have had to have hidden somewhere and then hightailed it back to riverview i don't know
1: yeah well what do what they say is that he didn't actually put on the gorilla mask and like stand there in front mm-hmm. of the window he held the gorilla mask out mm-hmm. in front yeah. of the window right so i don't know potentially he could have run on the path and so there wouldn't be footprints and yeah right. found somewhere to hide nancy didn't see him but yeah i don't know
0: and then the cop was there already by that point so why wouldn't he was have he? seen someone like darting maybe he wasn't maybe that's why they called the police and got him to come i'm probably messing up the time. let's see it's yeah probably... that's
1: chapter six oh, and okay. then and then chapter seven nancy calls to
0: ask for the,
1: the oh, police that's officer right, okay. to come So it's,
0: it's probably not really a plot hole, but while I was reading it, I was like, is this a plot hole? And then I think (laughs) they explained it well enough, but I was like, it still just seems kind of like a weird timeline to me, but yeah. But that's, yeah, I
1: mean, that's like characteristic of like the whole story of being like, well, I mean, what the heck is going on? How could Mm -hmm. someone do this this quickly? And just the whole like vibes of this is very spooky, you know? Yeah. I mean, the gorilla mask is ridiculous, but, uh, but like, the idea of people being in two places at once is, like, very much, yeah, what, what's yeah. going on and, like, yeah. freaking everybody out. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I also, I don't know. In the original, I, I enjoyed finding the passageway a little bit sooner than we did in the revised just because I felt like in the revised it was maybe and maybe it's just because I already knew it was going to happen but I just felt I was like Nancy come on you've already said to yourself (laughs) so many times hmm there's no way this person could have come from outside and there's no way they could have come from the roof and maybe they came from underground let's not check that out and she just like keeps saying it and then just doesn't get it and then doesn't well, it just takes her a long time to get there, you know. And it just feels
1: like you search the same room. They've searched the same rooms over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like clearly you're not really looking that hard, right. or like you don't know what you're looking for. Like, why is it taking us so long to search one room and find the secret passageway?
0: I know it just that felt like it was to be taking like, so long. Yes.
1: I know they're supposed to be very cleverly disguised or whatever, but it's like, how many times are we going to search the freaking attic? Like, how many times? (laughs) How many times are we going to go around the outbuildings? It just felt excessive. And it's like, in chapter, you know, five, we search everything. And in chapter six, we search again and we search again and we search again and we search again. And it's like, okay, is there anything else we can do? Right. (laughs) Let's burn the house down at this point.
0: I get that the finding of the titular staircase is so exciting that it does Mm for the revised it does kind of make this perfect climax for the story it makes you know it's it's very exciting you want that to be your big moment but it also Mm -hmm. felt like they dragged it out and made Nancy just not investigate it as thoroughly as she could have just so that they could push it till later so that yeah Yeah. I, I like the climax being Nancy getting the police to go in and like rescue yeah. carson and do that right I mean, we, we, we already know about the staircase and we're clever now we use that as our way to sneak up on the bad guy rather than yeah oh we found it another book's over so yeah. you know it's yeah that's fine though it's i'm just complaining but i oh, think you I should don't. read the original because yeah. i think you'd like i think i should too yeah minus the horrible depiction of uh right. nathan's housekeeper yeah who right. they arrest her at the end as well the police do for A abetting a kidnapper because she helped with the kidnapping of carson technically although Mm. i mean arguably does she have a choice that much in the matter you know so she's a housekeeper in the 1950s (laughs) right well 30s the 1930s right 30s this this case god even worse (laughs) yeah but
1: lordy lordy yeah
0: Mm. anyway anyway well yeah um, um we've kind of mentioned it a little bit already. We talked about how this is arguably I mean, and maybe there's another one, but maybe this is the most adapted Nancy Drew mm-hmm. story of all time. Understandably so, because like yeah. you said, it's our second one. It's where Nancy really finds her groove in the mystery solving. Mm-hmm. Um so we've got the nineteen thirty eight movie starring Benita Granville, we've got a twenty nineteen movie starring Sophia Lillis. Um, secret of the Old Clock. The game is very, very, very slightly uh, inspired by this book because, like we mm-hmm. said, we do have the secret passageway that opens up that we see that um,
1: and the, Helen the um, and
0: Jim Archer, yeah, Jim Archer, all characters, yeah. Well, Helen, yeah. she's mentioned. I would have liked to see Helen be like a phone contact in that game at the very least, but oh, yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah. um We have oh, we find the picture of the two brothers in the podium in the game, and that's oh, the brothers yeah. that that built the homes um so we have the two homes that are connected by the underground tunnel in the game and then we do also there was the thq to that nintendo ds game that's called the hidden staircase we have not played that one but obviously it's adapted into that as well so a lot of adaptions for one Mm -hmm. nancy drew story which is i mean obviously some have been adapted but not this many times so it's very cool
1: I will say something else that I really appreciated about this book. Um, There is a scene in – after she finds out that Carson has been kidnapped and she's just gone to the train station and she's, like, waiting to be able to call the lawyers back when they get back from lunch or something. Mm -hmm. She's clearly, like, very distressed. She's upset because Carson's missing and she doesn't know what to do and she can't get in touch with anyone. And so there's, like, this scene where she, like, goes to, like, this diner or something Mm -hmm to eat lunch um and she's like she's talking to like the waiter or something there and she's like i don't know honestly i'm i'm not that hungry like and he's like well why don't you have this soup or something (laughs) people say it's really good and you know comforting or something and she's like okay yes i'll eat the soup and she eats the soup and then after she eats the soup she goes into like this drugstore to look at a magazine or whatever and it's just like it seems like a weird scene like it's very mm. like eh, not like in the plot of the mystery, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's not really relevant, but I just think it's so it's such a good scene to depict Nancy's like emotional regulation skills. Yeah. Um because she's very freaked out, but mm-hmm. she goes and essentially lets someone help her.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and and then is able to like distract herself for a little bit before mm-hmm. she can take the next step that she needs to take. Right. And I was just like, this is just great. This yeah. is just awesome. Like, I just love how Nancy is like in control enough to mm-hmm. be able to give herself room and allow people to help her and and be able to accomplish the things that she needs to accomplish and also take care of herself physically by eating when she realizes that she needs to eat even though she doesn't feel hungry because of her stress you know what i mean yeah it's just i was just like more of this nancy and not the stupid uh nancy who's so single-minded that she forgets to fill up her car with gas like right more of that (laughs) this is the nancy we know and love right yeah yeah anyway it's wonderful. Um, okay.
0: What a great oh,
1: there are also really gorgeous illustrations in, in this. Oh yeah, I liked it. I lot. don't remember who who the illustrator is on this one, but on page 151. That, I think is Bill Gillies, I wanna say. Yeah, oh God. Um, of this revised text that I have is this beautiful two-page illustration of Nancy, I think she's on the roof. Um. Oh yeah, I yes. know which one you're
0: talking about Yeah, yeah that's gorgeous
1: Yeah, with Helen's la- stick sticking out of the trapdoor, and you can see the other mansion in the distance and it's just, it's beautiful Just a little pen illustration
0: Anyway, I love it I was just, I have three copies of this book somehow, I'm looking at this one which is, I don't know what version it is, but there's only one illustration in this entire one I <laughs> also have an Applewood edition which is the oh, reprint yeah. of like the 1930s books that's the only one uh-huh. there but that one has four or five i think yeah and then of course the revised has quite a few so yeah yeah oh this is a it's a tweed one tweed cover with the picture cover in the picture mm. spine so.
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah okay Flash right. score. oh oh mm. Four and a half. Four and a half? Okay.
1: Four and a half. Because it's real good. It is real good. It's real good, but there are just... Sorry, that was my cameo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real good, but there are just some moments that take me out of it and, yeah. and bring me back a little bit. But yeah. but really, really good, ultimately.
0: Yeah. yeah. Aw.
1: He's hungry. He wants to eat lunch. Fair enough. <laughs> he wants to give a
0: flashlight score as well. <laughs> I'm going to give the revised edition uh, a four, four okay. flashlights, yes. but I'm going to give the original text five flashlights. Hands wow. Down. I, I loved it. I would probably go okay. back and read it again right now because it was so good. Wow. wow. With, again, I, the exception great. of our very racist depiction of yeah. one of the characters. But other than that, I loved mm-hmm. it. It's okay. a great one. I can very, very easily understand why they've adapted it so many times yeah. and why it's such a solid fan favorite. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember because this is the first, technically it's the first Nancy Drew book I ever read myself because my mom read Old Clock (gasps) to me. And then so I was like, (laughs) when am I, you know, I'm going to get the next one now. And then that's what started the Nancy Drew obsession from then on. Um, So I remember loving it back then. And I was very glad to to reread it today and find that I still loved it just as much. Oh, Oh, it's wonderful.
1: God, love that about Nancy Drew. I know, right? You can just revisit them time and time again and, and most of them hold up. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the okay. most part. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> well, should we tell them our next mm-hmm. one?
1: I think so, Corey. Okay, okay. So we are actually gonna be covering Secret of the Old Clock. Again, kind of, but we're gonna be covering the um her interactive PC game, Secret of yep. the Old Clock, with our friends over at River Heights Buzz. Yes
0: so we're very excited for that um, coming up in a couple of weeks here yep and then I think we're going to do a two parter so part one will be yes. in a couple of weeks and then they'll post part two uh, probably just a few days later but yep. um, yeah. yeah we'll let you know in that episode when and where to find the other the other half
1: and listen any opportunity for me to replay a Nancy Drew game I'm going to take so oh, yes. I'm very excited
0: <laughs> we're really going back to the 1930s now oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> um and hopefully we'll see y'all there yeah join us next time bye everybody thank
1: you for listening to regular nancy drew email us at regularnancydrew@gmail.com. at gmail.com if you like this episode make sure to rate review and subscribe you can also follow us on
0: instagram at regular nancy drew and twitter at regular you can also support us on patreon Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each
1: episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks Thanks for listening. listening.